What is up, good people? Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Fantasy Football Show Live. This is uh, episode three already. We're moving quick. We've got news. We've got notes. We've got NFL draft content. Uh, We're going to predict the NFL standings. We're going to predict every single win-loss for every single team in the NFL. My mic is acting like a... It's acting crazy here. It's like moving on its own. Uh, We're going to pick every win and loss for every single team. This will be fun because this pisses off people more than anything in the whole world. It's like... How in the how in the heck, Smitty, can you predict the Seahawks to have ten wins? Don't you know, blah blah blah? Or if I put somebody down at eight wins, like the the Cleveland Browns, you guys are going to come for my head because the Cleveland Browns did good last year. Well, guess what? Things change. Uh, we're going to talk about the top five running backs, but the news and notes are going to be a big portion of the show, as will the NFL draft talk, which I have to my right. The NFL draft order. A lot of movement, a lot of things going on. Sam Darnold, um, all kinds of crazy stuff to break down. And we'll take calls. Of course, we'll take calls. Uh, what's that phone number? What's that phone number? Here it is. Call into the show. The bat line is 702-703. Show. Let's go. so and I will play it on the show and you guys can chop it up uh, via voicemail and and I'll answer it what's up Ivan what's up Ball's Life what's up Nicholas what's up Henry what's up Uh, uh, Brennan what's up Sean Media uh, Dev2 doing put he says I'm doing 25 push-ups right now I'm so pumped for Smitty thank you bro and and Dev2 and I are are, I don't know if you guys are going to be in on this but anybody's welcome to join me but I'm going to get ripped I had, I think I have like 20 something days left. I'm a little behind, but I'm going to work out like a, a, a beast in the next couple weeks. Um, I've been doing running every day. So I'm like, I'm kind of trying to trim down. And, uh, you know, as I, as I trim down, I'm going to start bulking up. So I'm going to do a whole bunch of, of pushups, uh, curls, all kinds of stuff in the coming weeks. So get ready for that. Ivan wants in. Okay. Let's get to the news and notes. Let me kill the music and bring up the first topic. Oh, God, we've talked about this for a long time already. Every single week we talk about it. Who's at the front door? Computer, show me the front door. Sorry, cameras don't work on this device. Oh, God. Computer, stop. Two... Of the 22 women suing Deshaun Watson for sexual assault went public on Tuesday. Guys, this is going to get bad for Deshaun Watson. Things aren't going to get better. They're going to get worse before they could possibly get better, if they get better at all. And there's a lot of, of reason to be uh, worried about this guy playing at all ever again, let alone in 2021. Now, we could, we could attack this a couple different ways. I most certainly feel that you should be innocent until proven guilty most definitely especially from like a you know criminal standpoint and 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 the law protects him from that okay so he is innocent until proven guilty but what people i think mix up is the NFL can do what they want the NFL is different the NFL isn't saying we're going to try him and place him in prison or anything like that or they 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 have a whole different perspective on this and people have to understand that the NFL can do what they want. This is a an organization that has done this before. 
They can do it again. They will do it again in the future. They can put you on com the commissioner exempt list very quickly when things like this arise. And so everybody using the, the argument that you're innocent until proven guilty, the NFL doesn't do that. And they won't do that. And, and as soon as the, so the Houston police department, if you've missed it, the Houston police department opened up a case against Deshaun Watson. Now, if we go back a couple weeks, where were we at? Okay. Deshaun, let's go back to the beginning when this first came out. Okay. Several accusations. Everybody is quick to defend Deshaun Watson, which I don't, I don't blame anybody wanting to defend somebody before they've had a chance to prove their innocence or guilt. And again, I'm not saying he's guilty or innocent. I'm going to break this down from a perspective of what the NFL is likely to do from a perspective of what we do know. And I'm hoping Thursday, I was going to try and have it today, but I'm hoping Thursday I've got a couple legal minds that I'm going to bring on here, a couple attorneys of mine, buddies, that can maybe break this down from a legal perspective. I feel like I have a good handle on the overall um, process that's going on and what we're seeing. But in general... Uh, we're going to see, you know, we're going to see this thing unfold a certain way. And I think I can kind of paint that picture fairly well, but the legal minds that I bring on, will be able to talk about it from a whole nother level, from a legal perspective, from the case level. And I think that would be important. So dating back to the beginning, accusations came out. A lot of people are like, Deshaun Watson's innocent. You know, this is all a scam. People chasing money. That may be the case, but you don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know if he's innocent or guilty. You don't know what he's doing. There's a lot of weird things to that have come out like uh i've had a couple of pro athletes come on my instagram lives and we talked about what they do in these situations where they're going to get a massage they come in from from the team they're hired professionally they're provided for the athletes deshaun watson was you know it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Targeting people on Instagram to come, you know, do that kind of service or whatever. A lot of amateurs, a lot of models, a lot of different things. There's reason to be like, this is a little weird uh, what's going on here. Um, so... Honestly, I got to turn this this uh, thing off real quick. Hold on. It's like blaring in my ear. Stop. Stop it. Stop messaging. Don't you know I'm live, quad box? This is my quad box gang. I just got to silence you real quick. Because I know you. You're getting excited. You guys want to talk football. But I got to hide these alerts right now. Vlad, they're going crazy, Vlad. I see you in here. All right. Now that I've got that out of the way. So Deshaun Watson... Everybody quick to try and defend him, which I understand, but it's a weird situation to begin with. Like he did put himself in a weird situation. Let's, let's begin with that. Let's lead with that. The dude was going out and getting all these random different people to come perform massages, whatever. We don't know the, the, the truth behind what happened in those situations. That's what he needs to be able to prove. But now there are 22 cases. Word is it could go upwards to 30 individual people that are claiming that that, that you know that, that they were attacked, assaulted, unwanted uh, actions upon them during the service. But yeah, Vlad, Vlad media Vlad says chill. And, and so 
the NFL is looking at it like this. Okay, there's 22 separate cases against Deshaun Watson. 22 separate cases. It's all lumped into one lawsuit, sure. But there are 22 separate instances. What people need to understand is even if 20 of those 22 fall through, let's say 20 of those people are lying and two of them are are telling the truth. The case doesn't fall apart to my knowledge, and I'll have the legal mind to talk about that on and, and give us some perspective from a, from a case level. So the attorney will come on hopefully Thursday and talk about that. But all it takes is one of these things to be true, and the NFL is going to act. The NFL will put Deshaun Watson on the commissioner exemplus very soon-ish if the, the Houston Police Department does, in fact, take this to the next step. Now, everybody was saying at the onset of this, well, if this was a real thing, then the the police would be involved. There'd be a police report. Not the case. When people don't report things, when they're done in a certain way and there's nothing to report, there's nothing for the police to know about. So once the civil lawsuits came to the forefront, the police did then look at it. They were looking at it for a little while, and then they decided they would move forward. There was enough evidence to move forward to investigate. Now, that still doesn't mean he's, he's guilty. Um, the good news, if you're hopeful that this thing doesn't end up turning out to, to be anything, one, because there'd be no victims. That would be the ideal situation, right? We're not talking about this from just a football perspective. There are victims involved. And it would be fantastic if it was all for nothing because that would mean there would be no victims. So let's put that out there right away. We hope that that's the case. And if it is the case... And there's a lot of lying going on. That's 22 people in cahoots. Imagine you're playing a phone tag and I whisper into Hall of J Games ear and I say, Deshaun Watson's wearing brown pants as he goes to dance disco style at the quartet. Whatever. And then he whispers that to media, who whispers it to Henry in the chat, who whispers it to Master Yoda in the chat, who whispers it to, to Dapper in the chat. And then before you know it, it's like, your mom wears red socks on summer days. Like, can you imagine 22 people trying to keep the one story and this thing not falling apart from the beginning? Like, there's no way 22 people are in cahoots. So, there's going to be some truth and some lies. And there could be a bunch of people lying about what's happening. I'm not saying there aren't. But... It's really, really, really hard to imagine that that some of this isn't at least true to a crude point. You know, like Deshaun Watson had a little thing that he liked to do, whatever, and people can debate the severity of that, and the NFL is going to then decide what it is. But the claims against him are that there was a lot more than that going on, that this was more than just a reveal party, if you know what I mean. So... Bottom line is this, I don't want to get into the innocence or guilty aspect of this because I am not anyone that can judge him and I hope to God he's innocent because again, then that means there's not one single victim and that's the most important part. But if the Houston Police Department comes out with, you know, we're going further or we're taking this to the grand closed grand jury, which would be the next step, hit the thumbs up on your way in the door and if you're listening uh, through Clubhouse, you can find this video feed at thefantasyfootballshow.com, by the way. But if the Houston Police Department takes this a next step further, you can bet that the NFL is most likely going to throw Deshaun Watson on the commissioner exempt list where you can take a problem, put it on a list like purgatory, 
not address it, not go after it, not have to hand out a punishment, not have to answer a question. He can sit there and just sit there and sit there. And you can bet that he'd sit there all 2021 because these 22 cases aren't going to go away quickly. And if he does any kind of settling, then he's going to get suspended. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if, if like a settlement or something like that happens to get it out of the way and he takes a punishment and he's not you know, saying he's guilty or innocent. But then what happens if more accusations come out after that 22 type of case gets, you know, uh, concluded upon if, if, if there's any truth to it at all, the dude's not playing probably ever again, at least in 2021. And I think unless this news comes back in a way like, Hey, the Houston police department cannot find any reason to move forward. We're going to close the investigation. Then that heads in a direction where Deshaun Watson has a potential possibility of playing in 2021 and obviously in the future. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline because things are heading in a direction where it's going to be a he said, she said thing, which I think ultimately, no matter what, is going to lead to a suspension. And the NFL will say, Deshaun, you should not have put yourself in that position. That's been their stance a lot on these types of things. You know, and, and they're going to be able to get away with it. The, 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 the sad part will be if Deshaun Watson is completely innocent and the NFL puts him on the commissioner exempt list and they react too quickly and he ends up being innocent, what you do to this man's career, taking him out of the NFL, rapturing him from the NFL for a whole uh, year, and then coming back and probably never being the same player again. You know, never being able to recoup that year. Losing time is not a good thing for a quarterback. We saw Mike Vick leave. Not nah, Mike Vick deserved to leave, but Mike Vick came back and he was he was still good, but he was not the same player. Never would be. You lose a year. It's tough to get it back. It's tough to get it back. It's tough to get back your, you know, your 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 flow. It's tough to 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 get your camaraderie with your teammates. Your your rapport gets all jacked up. Like Deshaun Watson, if removed from the NFL without cause or in a in a in a in a non uh, fair way, would be a disaster for the NFL. This is a mess. Whatever way you look at it, it's a complete disaster. If you think that this thing's going to end well one way or the other, it's not. It's just, it's a disaster. A complete disaster, no matter what. If it's true, it's horrible. Horrible for the victims. Horrible for Deshaun Watson. We don't know what's going to be proven, what's going to be proven, you you know, in terms of him being innocent or guilty. And if he's innocent, it's awful too. Awful. So, that's the update on Deshaun Watson. Again, I will have an attorney on... In, in probably Thursday, my my boy should be on to talk about this and break it down. And t- what the questions I have for him, and if anybody knows in the chat, if we got any legal minds in the chat, um, what happens if? And I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but if 20 of the 22 people are completely lying, let's say, 
in in a in a best case scenario for Deshaun Watson or, or a, almost best case scenario. Best case would be all of them are lying. But if let's say let's say he did something a little crude, and he's like, God, I I didn't do what they're saying though. I just I did do some crude stuff. Stuff the NFL is gonna you know suspend me for half a season for, but uh, I didn't do what these people said. What happens if one of them is true and the other twenty one are not? I have a feeling the case completely doesn't fall apart at all because that one victim is not subject to the actions or lies or deceit or whatever that the other 21 are. So if one of them is true, the, the dude, it doesn't matter. He, he's not going to play. It doesn't need to be 22. The problem is how, if you want to defend Watson, and again, innocent until proven guilty, but if you want to defend Watson, how do you defend him at this point? I, I see a lot less people defending him. When I first talked about this and broke the news, because I, I got to break it from a, a news perspective. I'm not trying to judge him. I'm not trying to prematurely do anything. But I do give both sides. I talk to you about what if this happens, he would be out of the league. If this happens, he wouldn't be out of the league. He could get back in pretty quickly if the Houston Police Department says, no case, no case, we're not moving forward. Like, I break down both sides. I'm not trying to, to condemn the guy. I hope he's innocent because, again, the victims. I don't want victims. We want it to be a lie. All of it. But 22 cases, how how do you get through all of that? How do you prove 22 people are in cahoots and they don't know each other? Does somebody really bring them all together with the promise of money or some kind of conspiracy? Is it possible? Sure. We, we found out in 2020... 2020 that anything's possible. You know, I always tell you guys that the the most improbable thing to ever happen in my world, you know, my world's full of sports, is the NCAA tournament getting canceled, especially without toying around with the idea of, like, limiting capacity. When 2020, when the NCAA tournament was just canceled immediately, like, they, they didn't even think about it. They just went, we're canceling the NCAA tournament. All the money involved, Vegas. I thought there was no way that would ever happen. Um, I know that sounds weird that that's the most shocking thing to me. <laughs> In my world, that is probably it. That's the big thing. That's the big shocker <laughs> that I thought would never happen. NCAA tournament get canceled. But then we saw all the sports get canceled. And we, you know, I think we've all been through the ringer as as a human race. And we've, we, we're pretty, it's pretty hard to shock us at this point. You know, wearing masks, all that stuff. Like, we... Shocking us will be very, very hard moving forward. We're going to be a, a shock, uh, uh, unshockable generation, man. We'll be, we'll be called the unshockables. That's the new the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag unshockables, J problem, right? Let's get some hashtag J, uh, unstoppables. And if you guys can even spell that in the chat, unstoppables. Traded Watson. In the 12-team Superflex Dynasty for the 1.9 and Curtis Samuel. Bro, I so to answer a lot of this, yeah, when my, yeah when Kobe Bryant passed, that was also shocking. Like, we, we, we endured a lot as a human race, man, especially as a sports community. Like, if you want to talk about just one level of our, 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 our personalities and who we are, like, just from a sports perspective, we've been, we are unshockable. Um... But Watson and Dynasty, bro, I don't know where I'm ranking this guy at all. Like, is there a place I would trade for him at? You know, you do run into that that moral dilemma at some point too, and I'm not saying he's there yet because he's got to be proven guilty. Like, I'm not going to judge the man. 
Um, and, you know, I, I do things from a football perspective. I don't let things get too personal. Like, I didn't cut AB, um, you know, because when AB was going all, of it, all through his stuff, you know, I just look at it from, from a different perspective. I try not to let it, you know. There are some things that I would I would probably say, hey, I'm not drafting that player ever. There are, are things that I would, you know, draw the line on once you know certain things to be true. But I'm not going to let that affect me now until I know what's going on. But Deshaun Watson, I would say there's still people out there that say, well, I'd still take him in the sixth round in the dynasty draft because he could come back. That's way too early. Like, you're talking about A-Rod going way later than the sixth round. You're talking about, you know, Herbert and uh, probably not Herbert, Burrow. You're talking about Burrow maybe going right around that range. We're talking, in my opinion, this guy has reached like near double-digit round territory in dynasty. Like maybe nine, round eight, round nine, you could toy around with the idea of wasting a pick on him in a super flex for sure. In a regular draft, I don't even think eight, man. I don't think I go near Why even mess around with it when the odds are he probably won't play 2021? You know, and you're thinking dynasty. But if he doesn't play 2021, what's his dynasty value then? You know, is he worth anything in dynasty? If he sits out a whole year, you know, loses his flow and rapport and he plays for an awful team that won't trade him. To this day, they still won't trade him. If you offered the Texans a first-round pick right now, just one single first-round pick, they'd be like, absolutely not. We're going to sit this man down and have him waste away on the bench. And we might even end up cutting him if all this ends up being true and not get a single thing, and we're we're proud of it. That's how the Texans view this, obviously. They have no idea what they're doing. They haven't managed players and acquisitions and, and retention at all well for, for a long, long, long time. And I don't know what the heck is going on over there in Houston. They they literally were offered tons for Deshaun Watson. In fact, we talked about this in the quad box, right, Media and Vlad? That there is a really good shot. And, and I want to know what Media and Vlad think. Toss your comment in the chat and I'll drag it on screen. There was, there was a high likelihood that what the Niners gave up for that number three pick when they did the trade-up that package, as Dr. Raj said, was specifically probably designed for Deshaun Watson. And when the Deshaun Watson news got worse and worse and worse and kind of broke out to become, oh, this big, huge deal, then you saw the Niners quickly activate plan B, which was go get Trey Lance, right? Not Fields. Trey Lance is the name. Or Mac Jones, apparently, which we're going to talk about in a second. The Mac Jones news is through the roof. And we're going to get into that now Now, so my Niners guys can, can start getting ready to get crazier. Texans become worse than the Jets. The Jets are going to turn things around quick, media. Quick, bro. Because the Jets are going to get a boy named Zach Wilson who is going to be a top five, top six quarterback, potentially. There, you know, no one's a lock for the next decade or decade and a half maybe even two decades the way these guys play but let me let me use my am i using my trusty cup holder so i don't spill all over everything um yeah so i don't know and i'll, I'll answer this question here because it's about my boy my boy uh, aj brown uh the goat says i loved a having aj brown last year who is your early Big breakout wide receiver this year. Bro, I told you about A.J. Brown. I told you about D.K. Metcalf. And I'm telling you right now, C.D. Lamb is top five wide receiver bound. 
CD Lamb will be a top five wide receiver. I got a lot of looks, a lot of eyeball emojis. In fact, let's let's rain some eyeball emojis in the chat right now, in uh, in in remembrance of all the eyeball emojis I got for the AJ Brown prediction. Um, who you know danced outside the top five, but we clearly know this dude's top five now. Like I'm I'm a little early sometimes, you know, half a year early, whatever. AJ Brown's ready. He's ready to ball. He's ready to eat full course meals every single Sunday because guess what? Jonu Smith's gone. Corey Davis is gone. Anybody they add isn't going to be a, a you know huge, consistent impact target hog. It's AJ Brown's season, baby. But CD Lamb, get those eyeball emojis out there. CD Lamb is going to explode and take over the world. At least, and when I say take over the world, I mean top five wide receiver, baby. And so, Justin Jefferson, we all kind of know he's coming, but bro, he could be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football in 2021. Those are bold. I don't expect you to be like, yeah, I see both of those for sure happening. I don't produce that kind of content. I'm trying to be ahead of the curve. Sometimes I miss. I'm I'm not claiming that I get everything right, but I've been doing this 18 years for a reason. And, and and I try and get ahead of the curve and, and land as many bold takes as I can. C.D. Lamb being top five is one of them. Justin Jefferson being at least the top five, but maybe the number one wide receiver in 2021 is another bold take for now. And come August, maybe it's not. Come October, everyone will forget that I even said it and be like, yeah, of course, Jeff- Justin Jefferson is the man. Like, how would he not be the top five? People will say that about C.D. Lamb. And C.D. Lamb's ADP will climb into an uncomfortable range for us because we all we all see it coming now. But damn, man, when when August drafts come rolling around and you mofos are out there mocking C.D. Lamb way too high, and I tell you not to do that. I tell you to be careful, but you don't listen. And you take him like a whole round and a half high in our mock drafts, and you're going to ruin his ADP. <sighs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a sad day when, when you can't steal C.D. Lamb away in like round four. You know, round three with your magazine drafters with, with Bill from accounting. Hey, Bill, C.D. Lamb, don't draft him. Bill's going to know. A.J. Brown, 10 plus targets, please. A.J. Brown is going to consume. That guy hung with everybody with a whole lot less volume, target share, and usage. Imagine what he does. Imagine what he does. Okay, so Deshaun Watson, we're done with Deshaun Watson. Let's get on over to the Sam Darnold. Oh, actually, let's do the uh, let's do the Mac Jones news. So this is all over, all over, and it didn't start with this. This is like the icing on the cake. Mac Jones, ESPN's Adam Schefter. We've been seeing a lot of bad reporting on this, or or just trying to to, to post news because it's slow. Whatever. And they need more news out there. This is coming from Shefty. So, I'd love to know what media and Vlad think of this and all my 49er people. J, uh, J, or, I'm sorry. Uh, Hall of Fame, you're, you're, you're a Niner guy. Jay Problem, are you a Niner guy too? I forget. But, Shefty, this is pretty, this is pretty crazy. Because it's coming from Shefty. Adam Schefter. Expects the 49ers to select Alabama QB Mac Jones number three overall. This coming on the shoulders of all the other reports that we've seen over and over and over all week that we think is smoke and, and smoke and smoke and mirrors, but more smoke than anything. 
you know, because I don't think it's mirrors. I don't think it's trickery. I don't think the, the Niners are planning all this out there. They're, it's just a bunch of smoke, a bunch of, you know, we thought. But now that Shefty's talking about it, Shefty's pretty good, pretty accurate, probably the most trusted guy, I think, in the business. And he's saying that he expects, he doesn't say that he heard or he talked to Lynch or Shanahan and they told him because they're not going to tell anybody anything. But Mac Jones expected to go to the 49ers, according to Adam Schefter. We're a, a ways away. We're a ways away. But what I can tell you is that the noise for this, the Mac the Mac Jones supporters are a lot louder than the anti-Mac Jones supporters. Like, I can't tell you how many people in the comments is like, no Mac Jones, no Mac Jones, no Mac Jones. And then boom, one out of 10. So I'd say good 10, 15% of all 49er fans want Mac Jones and the rest of them absolutely hate him. But these Mac believers are, are loud. You know, they're, they're, they're vocal. They're like, bro, th- this is the guy. And, and I don't disagree. I will cry if it's Mac Jones says media. I don't disagree that, that he shouldn't be the pick. And I know what a lot of people's argument is this, and it's I, I don't agree with it. I think they're wrong. They say that the Niners wouldn't have traded up to the number three pick from the 12 if the pick was Mac Jones. Number one, and I'm not saying they're going to pick Mac Jones, but let me, let me destroy your argument for a second. Number one, you don't know what the hell they're thinking. Just because you evaluate Mac Jones at 12 doesn't mean they didn't see him as number two overall, okay? But the consensus out there, the mock drafts, the scouting did point in fairness to Mac Jones floating around 10 to 15 at the time of the trade. When the, the Niners said we're going to move up to number three, Mac Jones was a realistic op- option in that top that 12 spot. In fact, I'll go so uh, so far to say that he was actually a reach at 12 when he was first being talked about going to the Niners at 12. But, but, the Niners are smart. They're good scouting or a good scouting team. Not necessarily with quarterback. Put your earmuffs on for a second, Niner Niner fans. You know I appreciate you. You know I bring it. I bring the truth and the realism though to the conversation. That's why I'm on the quad box to give you my honest opinion. A little blinded with the quarterback spot, but I will say that you guys are amazing at scouting. Kittle, fifth rounder, uh, Mostert. Like, how the heck do you pr- like the line, the center, everything is like just through the roof. It's the quarterback. Like, somebody needs to remove the ability to think about the quarterback spot, in my opinion, from the organization and hand it off to somebody that knows quarterbacks a little better. But I know that's gonna not sit well with all my Niner people, but. I think maybe this changes right now when they draft Lance. Lance is the answer. I'm going to ruin it. Spoiler alert. Lance is the answer. You draft Lance, you have yourself the perfect fit for your organization. Another dynamic, a running quarterback, a guy that had a, a four, uh, 1,100 yards and 14 TDs on the ground, a guy that had freaking uh, uh, 28 TDs and zero INTs. Smitty, Lance picks up and runs too much. How do you make bad decisions in the pocket? How are you a bad decision maker in the pocket when you have zero INTs. Now, you can cite bad competition, not the same competition, uh, only one season to look at. I'm, but you, you can't have it all ways. If you're going to argue he's a bad decision maker and he picks up and runs too much, he can't have zero INTs, 28 passing TDs, and 14 touchdowns on the ground. Like, Lance looks smooth. If you watch his pro day, he looks smooth. Back on point. 
For those that say that the Niners wouldn't trade up to three to take Mac Jones, I tell you this. Mac Jones had his pro day coming. Lance had his pro day coming. Fields had his pro day coming. And if you watch the Niners press conference, uh, Shanahan said they didn't want to be left at the altar at the 12 pick and watch all the quarterbacks go. What happened to Mac Jones's value between his pro day and now? He climbed from number 15. 12 was a little early. Like I said, you were reaching a little bit for Mac Jones at 12. He climbed from 12 to 15 all the way up to being talked about as going QB, 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 QB. Five straight QBs. There's been rumors that that could happen. This would be the draft. The first time I believe that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. QB, five straight QBs. That could happen. That could happen. So Mac Jones has improved his value. Whether you thought his pro day was garbage or not, I didn't think his pro day warranted this bump up, but the, the supply and demand aspect of all this and the team's panicking and the trades happening and... The Niners were smart. If Mac Jones is their guy, they were smart. I'm not saying he is the guy. I'm saying if he, in their mind, is the guy, they were smart to make that trade before the pro days went down. Because once the pro days went down, Mac Jones at 12 was going to be one of those left at the altar, all the QBs gone type of situation. So I'm tired of hearing everybody say that they wouldn't trade up the three to take Mac Jones. They're preemptive. And I do believe a lot of smoke, and I don't think they're being completely honest. Why would you? When the Niners had that press conference, Lynch and Shanahan are going to throw up some truth and some smoke, but the Niners basically wanted to be in a position to evaluate all these players honestly, openly, and not worry about, well, if they poked around at this guy, then you'd know who they want. If Lawrence falls to him, they're 100% taking Lawrence. He won't fall. If Wilson falls to him, they're 100% taking Wilson. He won't fall. The Niners are at three. They could tell everybody if they want who they want. The only reason you wouldn't do that is you could still potentially trade down. But, you know, and and you don't want to let people know what you're doing because someone might not make a trade up if they know what you're doing. So there's still reason to be all smoke and mirror. Or you don't know if, like, maybe Lawrence or Wilson got hurt or something between now and draft day. You never know when a player gets taken off the board. Or look at the Deshaun Watson. What if something like that happened? You don't want to tell people your plan, even if you think you're you're pretty locked into knowing you're, you're not going to get either of those two. But the bottom line is anybody thinking Mac isn't worthy to trade up, they didn't want to take the chance. And if if they do want Mac, they predicted correctly. Because now Mac Jones is going in the top, I don't know, worst case scenario, top eight. But best case scenario, number five. And any team that wants a quarterback like Denver, they will trade up on draft day. I firmly believe Denver will be drafting one of these five quarterbacks on draft day. Whether they it, the player naturally falls to them or they trade up a little bit. A lot of teams might trade up on draft day because when you think about it, you know, you know who's falling, who's not falling. You may be a little bit apprehensive about giving up a boatload now, not knowing if a quarterback will fall to seven. But if you're taking, if you could get a top five pick, you'll trade now because, like the Niners, they didn't want the value of the QBs to keep going up before they made their offer and acquired the number three overall pick. If Shanahan and Lynch did want Mac, and Shanahan and Lynch waited until after the pro days. 
the cost would have gone up significantly to grab that number three pick. It was preemptive. Even if they wanted Mac Jones, it was preemptive, a lower cost now. Every day you get closer to the NFL draft, the value of these guys goes up. Landing spots do that. If there's one thing that you take away from today's episode is that the NFL draft landing spots will improve values, especially in a fantasy football perspective and context, every single time. Chase, knowing where Jamar Chase is and his value right then is a lot higher than the the idea of Jamar Chase. The idea of you know Lawrence, even though you know where Lawrence is going, once these guys have homes, their fantasy values go up instantly. And so if you're ever holding on to a 1.1 or 1.2, wait to trade it. Wait till the landing spots get handed out because very rarely are you going to be left with not liking any of the landing spots. That's not going to happen. And this year specifically is crazy because you have quarter, all the skill positions going one after the other. And this top 10 is insane. Maybe top 15, top top 32. We're going to have so many offensive skill positions go in this draft. It's going to be the most exciting fantasy football draft we've ever seen. Because it's, it's, it's going to go Lawrence. It's going to go Wilson. Probably go Fields or Lance or Mac Jones. Uh, the other one could go next to the Falcons. The Bengals could trade down. If they're, they have their heart set on on Jamar Chase, who I think would be the best pick, and we could talk about that in a minute. And I God, I've been going at people all week on that topic. It's it's almost annoying. But the Falcons at four could be looking at Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts would be a fantastic pick for any team. I kind of hope he goes to a couple different spots. I love Kyle Pitts and Cincy. You know he can he can provide if you teach him blocking. I know he's not the best blocker. He dominates everybody else. Pretty much eats people on the field for a living that's what he does he just consumes everybody around him dominates the space around him that's what Kyle Pitts does but maybe he can block I have, I have a pretty I have a pretty good idea that the athletic Kyle Pitts would learn how to block fairly well if you asked him to but they didn't need him to block they didn't want him to block just like people said uh in a different analogy it's a kind of off-topic analogy but Zeke Elliott can't catch passes do you guys remember that when Zeke Elliott was said to be a non-PPR guy, he'll never catch passes. Stop judging players for things they're not asked to do at the college level. Don't tell me that Kyle Pitts, the biggest human being to ever play the tight end position, biggest wingspan in the last 20 years for a tight end or wide receiver, longest wingspan in the history of college football, coming out of college at the wide receiver and tight end position, for the last 20 years, you're telling me this beast of a man, 6'5", 6'6", 240 to 245 pounds, bigger than DK Metcalf, bigger than pretty much any receiver in the league, as athletic as all of these wide receivers too. He's not just an Antonio Gates or a Travis Kelsey, no offense to those guys, but those are big bodies kind of flopping around the field, dominating space around them, but a very one-dimensional type of player. And you have a guy here that plays probably... Better route running than a lot of wide receivers that are half his size. Dude's got amazing hands. He's a wide receiver. And you're telling me this guy can't learn how to block. Like, give me a break. Give me a break. If he landed with the, the Cincinnati Bengals, he would help protect Joe Burrow. He would also stretch the field. He would also spread out defenses. He'd also command double teams. And he would provide an indirect protection level and improvement to the offensive line that, that is equal 
to drafting Sewell because you know what you're going to do is you're going to also draft a, an offensive lineman in this very deep offensive lineman class. And I'm tired of everyone telling me that, Smitty, the Bengals would be insane and stupid if they draft Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. Because Jamar Chase is a generational talent. Jamar Chase would stretch the field. Jamar Chase would give you different defensive schemes you would never see if you didn't draft Jamar Chase. And you would still address the offensive line in the second, third, whatever rounds. And coach it up. It's a very deep offensive line class. Stop acting like Sewell is the only answer. And that you know what you're talking about when you say that. And you say it that way over and over. So I explain myself. I say Jamar Chase stretches the field. Jamar Chase double teams. Jamar Chase connections that make this offense move down the field. Moving down the field, moving the chains makes your offensive line less tired. You don't get beat up over and over. Three and outs, Joe Mixon can find room to run. All of that cascades and snowballs and to the point where the offensive line instantly without even drafting a player is improved because of Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase instantly improves the offensive line to an immeasurable degree, a degree you cannot measure, and instantly. And you're also addressing the offensive line in the draft. You're not just ignoring it. Drafting Jamar Chase doesn't mean you don't address the offensive line. Everybody's talking about this comparing apples to watermelons. And, and they aren't comparing apples to apples. You drafting Jamar Chase or drafting Kyle Pitts with a, a later offensive lineman that you scouted and believe is going to be able to be coached up and be a, a good player is better than drafting Sewell alone. And if you think, oh, you can take Bateman or you could take another wide receiver or Smitty, we don't even need to take a wide receiver because Higgins and, and Boyd are good enough. That's your opinion. And you clearly don't like Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts as much as I do then. Because they are difference makers. They are the kind of players that 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 create a dynasty that you can build around. Jamar Chase does not come around every uh, five years. Not even every five years. Jamar Chase in that offense with his former quarterback, if you didn't know. Joe Burrow was his college quarterback. You're, you're reu- reuniting Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow. In the rapport's instant. The learning curves cut down to almost zero. These guys know how to play football and play catch together. And if Jamar Chase lands on that offense, he stretches the field. The ball moves down the field. Joe Mixon gets more room to run. And I've told you to avoid Joe Mixon for two years straight now. Why do you think that is? Because he has zero room to run and all they do is focus on him. And you can say, but Smitty... This is what I get. The most common reaction is, Smitty, how is Joe Burrow going to connect with Chase if he's on his back and hurt? I just told you. I just told you that Jamar Chase indirectly helps protect Joe Burrow as much as drafting Sewell himself. And if you think that's not true because you're not going to deep dive into it and really examine what a Jamar Chase does to your offense and how it spreads out a defense and gives your your offensive line a chance to even prove that they can do what they're supposed to be doing instead of judging them based on getting smashed every single game because you can't move the football down the field. Difference makers, like Master Yoda said, difference makers. Sewell can be a difference maker. So let me let me address this point because this is what people then say to me. If the Bengals do draft Sewell, do things improve? Absolutely. Why would they not? 
Am I saying that Sewell doesn't improve the offensive line or Joe Burrow or the passing game? No, if they end up going Sewell, which is not a mistake necessarily, it's the wrong pick in my opinion. You're not maximizing value. But if they draft Sewell, they will dramatically have a better offensive line and they will move the football better. The Bengals will be better. The Bengals will be a surprise team in 2021 and beyond. I think the Bengals, and you'll see me do, we're going to do predict wins and losses for all the NFL teams and you're going to be surprised where I put the Bengals. Grant's going to come on and we're going to do it. I'm going to force the Bengals record upon him uh, and, and make sure that, that, that we, we make it the way Smitty wants it. The Bengals are going to surprise you. I'm going to surprise you with the Bengals. I'm going to surprise you with how many wins and losses I predict for them and how everybody else in that division where I place them. And it's going to probably create a little bit of, uh, of heat in my direction, which is fine. But... Let me show this graphic here. This graphic is what I posted on Instagram. And the amount of craziness that came my direction from this, I can't I can't even describe. So this this was posted initially and it said option A, Joe Burrow throwing to anybody, connecting, moving the football down the field because Sewell is option A. Then option B, this is my option B. Option B was Jamar Chase in place of anybody catching the football or not catching the football. Anybody being placed where Sewell is and the ball falling short of Jamar Chase. So I created this graphic. This is option B for me. Not not the option B I just described. Joe Burrow, O-line later in the draft, like maybe the second round. Not to mention they can trade up. Joe Burrow with an offensive lineman. Higgins, Boyd, Chase all getting connected with this offense blowing up. That's what I put on Instagram, and, and and after I explained everything I just explained to all of you, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Here came Bob. Here came Sam. Here came Stephen1544, you know, NFL Daddy5677, all these Instagram people going, but Schmitty, but Schmitty, how is Joe Burrow going to connect to Jamar Chase if he's on his back? And, and, and that's when I'm just like, oh my God, bro, I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. I'm not talking about it anymore. Because <laughs> I, I was going, every comment, I had to address the same thing. Did you not read what I wrote? Did you not understand what I said? We're on a different page, which is fine. Like, opinions can vary. No one knows what's going to happen. Jamar Chase could be a bust. He will not be. But he could be a bust. He will not be. But if he is a bust, guess what? I mean, that, that happens. I, I can't be right about everything. Everyone's going to miss a bunch of stuff, man. And analysts predicting, especially when you do what I do, and you create a video pretty much every day on YouTube, you create tons of content. I get that one guy that's like, hey, man, I'm not following you ever again because you liked D- Daryl Henderson, bro. And it's like, okay, you know, what have you what have you missed, bro? Like, we're going to miss things. We're going to miss things. I could miss Jamar Chase. I could miss on... Mac Jones and he could be the best quarterback ever and I'm more pro Mac Jones than anybody in here too I don't want Mac Jones for the Niners but I think I think he could do better in that system than people think I think any one of Lance Fields or Mac Jones would be able to 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 march the Niners into the playoffs even as a rookie even if starting week one because of the surrounding cast that can handhold that quarterback and make sure that the mistakes are minimized but as for the the Bengals, 
There's a 50% chance in my mind that they do go Sewell, which again, won't be a mistake for the offense. It will improve things, but you will improve things 10x if you draft Jamar Chase and you're smart about who you draft and bring in for your offensive line. Now, everyone's going to say they've had problems for years. The coaching isn't right. Well, they're going to have to fix that part too. I'm not saying that drafting and drafting Sewell won't fix that either. If you've got bad coaching, Sewell won't get coached up the best way he's going to get. Like that's a whole different problem. Like I don't know why people inject that part in when we're talking about the same the same equation and same variables that would affect Sewell. But anyway, Z-Man says Chase to the Bengals sounds great. Thank you Z-Man for not dropping the but Smitty if Joe Burrow's hurt, how is he going to throw to Jamar Chase? Because the next person asked that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because I've explained it a thousand times. Okay, so Mac Jones, um, to, to wrap this topic up, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. All I can say is what I what I feel is smoke and what I feel isn't smoke. I feel like there's a lot more smoke around Mac Jones getting drafted by the Niners. I think the Niners have not indicated what they want to do to too many people at all. And that there's been reports about that, which could be smoke too. We don't know what the heck's real. But odds are they're keeping a very close, you know, and in in in-house. They're not telling a lot. Word is they're not telling any of their assistants what, what their evaluation is for the quarterback so that there's no leakage at all. But Mac Jones... Mac Jones is probably on their radar more than Niner fans want to admit. Not, a lot of Niner fans want to act like it's it's Fields, it's only Fields, it's only going to be Fields. But I think they're strongly considering Lance. And, and like I said, Lance is the best fit for this offense because imagine, first of all, let's, you know, my Niner people put on your earmuffs real quick. You guys aren't going to throw as good as some of the teams in the league because you don't need to. Now, that's a compliment, but I know it's going to be taken badly, which is why I told you to put on your earmuffs. Now, if you didn't listen, um, know this. You guys are going to get the same amount of passing production and skill out of Lance as you would Fields. If Fields is a better passer or whatever, you're only going to use that part of that person's game so much because you're going to run the ball a ton. And I don't think you're just going to draft Fields and open up the playbook to something that, that we've never seen before. Could you open it up a little bit, add more plays? Sure. And you'll do that with Lance with the run. But I don't think you're just going to open up this pass and become the, the the best passing team in the NFL. Lance gives you everything that Fields gives you that you're going to use. And he gives you an entire different avenue of production and play calling and excitement. And I promise you, for all you 49er people that are a little worried about Lance, if he's on roster, you're going to be so excited. You're going to be more excited to watch Lance play football than you will Fields or Mac Jones or anybody. Because in that offense, how the hell are you going to shadow Trey Lance, who ran for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns at the college level? How the hell are you going to shadow this monster that, that looks bigger than than Cam Newton ever did running the football? He's a beast running down the field. So, so huge. So tough to tackle. So smooth. And he does everything at about like 80%, not in a bad way, but that he's so decisive and smooth and careful. And that's why he has zero INTs, in my opinion. When I watch this guy's film, when I watch him at his pro day especially, the dude is smooth. You know, it's not slow. It's not, it's not, he's not quick enough. He doesn't make quick decisions. He's calculated. He's smooth. He's effortless. He's throwing 65-yard bombs 
without looking like he's unloading the football at 100% capacity. He looks elite. He looks every bit as good as Fields in the past, but everybody keeps saying that Lance is more of a project and that and that Fields would be more uh, out-of-the-box ready, and I don't agree. On top of the fact that the run aspect of his game, not that Fields, Fields had a quick 40, Fields does run, but Fields is more of a pocket passer, which I know everyone thinks that's good because Lance is like half-run, half-pocket passing, pocket presence type guy but he does run a lot. I think that's partially because of the team he was on and the surrounding talent he had. You put him in the Niners offense, he will be more of a pocket passer than you think. He'll be able to sit in the pocket longer. And it, again, it comes back to if he made such bad decisions of tucking and running, why do you have zero INTs? How do you have zero INTs? I know you can cite the competition. That's a totally different argument. So don't even go there. But how do you draw? I know I'm arguing with nobody. No one's even arguing with me right now. I'm screaming at you. But how how do you I'm picturing somebody disagreeing with me is what I think I'm doing. But how do you how do you tell me that Lance <laughs> is is making a bad decision of tucking and running when he has zero INTs? He's clearly not made a lot of mistakes, right? I'm sure I think there are a couple somebody went at me once and says maybe there's supposed to be an INT on this day in uh in you know in October. It was a sunny day. The ball hit the defender's hand and he dropped it. I don't care. He has zero INTs. Look however look at look at it however you want. You know, could he have had a couple and someone dropped it? Whatever. I don't care. The dude had zero INTs and 28 passing touchdowns. And my point being, on game day, when you guys script runs that are specific to Lance running the football or options for Lance running the football, how do you contain and shadow this man when you have Kittle? You have Ayuk, you have Debo, you have Mostert or Wilson. You have an amazing run game that continues to set up the pass. The pass sets up the run. And then all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to give you a third option. Do you guys not understand how excited you would be to have three dimensions to your game? Three equally deadly dimensions to your game. Not just two. Run, pass, run, pass. Run, pass, Lance running is a completely different avenue. Lance would run for double-digit touchdowns as a rookie in that 49er offense and would lead you to playoff wins. Mark my words. And if you take Lance, I, I want to see you back here talking about how right I was and how excited you are to watch Lance on a, on a weekly basis in this offense. Now, could Lance fail outside of the nine, of that Niner system? Yeah. I don't want to hear people come back and say, Smitty, Lance looks bad in wherever. Because I've prefaced a hundred thousand times, just like I did with the chase stuff that people don't listen or read that Lance could fail in a bad system. Fields could fail in a bad system. Mac could fail in a bad system. These guys could fail in a bad system. I think Wilson and Lawrence probably wouldn't. I think Wilson and Lawrence would weather through ups and downs and two years come out as superstars that the team built around. But Lance Fields and Mack are on a different level, a lower level, unfortunately, than Wilson and Lawrence. The Niners climbed up to the edge of the step, and they're looking at Lance and, and uh, I'm sorry, they're looking at Lawrence and Wilson, and you're just one step shy. One step shy of getting the cream of the crop. But I still believe that Lance was worth it, 
and Lance would lead you guys to, to some wins. But Mac Jones, Fields, Lance, they could all thrive. Um, Wilson, this is no surprise. Speaking Tuesday, the Jets GM, Joe Douglas, said that it was a fair assessment that the team will select a quarterback at number two. Well, no no crap, Sherlock. Uh, we kind of knew that, Joe. And, and I'm you know, there's a big picture of, of Wilson's mug right here. Clearly the guy that they're leaning. Um, I think Salah, who came over from the Niners and uh, LaFleur, these guys know what they're doing. We know that. Like, we, we, don't, we aren't guessing. We know that they know what they're doing. It would be a, a huge whiff and punt of the future of the Jets if they didn't go Wilson, if Wilson's sitting there. Or some surprise Wilson to the Jaguars happens. Make no mistake about it. These kind of things can happen. They happen all the time. Um, you most certainly would see the the, uh, the Jets take whoever the the Jaguars don't take if for any reason they change directions quickly and go Zach Wilson. But it's about 99% certain that it's going to go, I'd say 95% certain, because seriously, like we never know. You never know. 95% certain it goes Lawrence, Wilson, and the Niners don't get one of those elite superstars. And... These are elite superstars. Zach Wilson and Lawrence are on a whole nother level. They just are. These guys are going to be talked about like those two, you know, like we've talked about Manning and whoever we're comparing Manning to. It's going to be this draft class is going to be Wilson versus Lawrence. Lawrence versus Wilson. Could Lance be as good as like a Jalen Hurts in fantasy? Sure. That's 6-10 to 10 worthy. It's still good. Still very respectable. But it's a completely different story. Sam Darnold. Traded to the Carolina Panthers for, you know, I think more than than I expected, to be honest. People are like, oh, it wasn't that much. I, I don't know. I thought it was a second rounder. I was like, holy crap, you know. But Darnold, have, am I giving Darnold a, a fair shake? Probably not. Um, The Jets have been bad. I think the Jets will become good, but they needed to move on. We don't know where Sam Darnold's mind is at, his confidence shaken. He needs a fresh start, a clean slate. He would have brought a whole lot of the negativity and the the lack of confidence, I think, into the role if they would have rolled with Sam Darnold in, in New York. Salah needs a fresh start. He needs a new quarterback. You, ne- you never have a opportunity to get a Wilson or a Lawrence. Like, that is a huge opportunity, and they need to take advantage of that. So they had to get rid of Darnold. I think even keeping Darnold was like just a distraction. Distraction. They need to move on. They need to move on. Even if 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 Wilson went down for two games, you want to you want to develop something different there, and give Darnold a, a shot to go be something that he may still be able to become. And and in Carolina, he's surrounded by weapons. There is no excuse for this man if he doesn't deliver here. And deliver when I say deliver, I mean deliver for other people. Make Christian McCaffrey keep Christian McCaffrey great again. Okay, that's the new slogan. Keep Christian McCaffrey great again. Hashtag. Um, make DJ Moore great finally. Hashtag. Uh, he's got every opportunity to 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 deliver the football to these guys and be efficient. Like we're talking like super flex material, maybe not one QB league material. Like you're not starting Sam Darnold in any of your fantasy leagues because the QB pool is so deep. You have Brady dancing and Brady and Brady and uh, you know, Hurts and guys that got dancing around 7 to 12. That's how deep the QB pool is. You could literally put Brady at 7 or 10, and and then if somebody says, how do you put Brady at 10? He's, he did so good. Well, look at all the quarterbacks that you got to drop out. It's insanely deep. So Darnold ain't touching your roster 
in one QB leagues or you're doing something wrong. You're at, you're, you're you're acting silly, man, with your lineup construction because there's no need to be starting a Darnold. You you completely missed the boat on drafting a quarterback if you're starting this man in redraft. In dynasty, you know I I don't like him, but he's efficient enough. He can he can do like Kirk Cousins. Who's excited to start Kirk Cousins in fantasy? He throws for a lot of yards. He has great targets. Like you know, I mean Justin Jefferson. How do you not like that? But you don't you don't need him in fantasy. The the QB pool is too deep. And so Darnold, could he become like Cousins valuable or a little less than that? Probably, uh, I would probably say, yeah, he could. And, you know, for that reason, that's good for the Carolina Panthers. It's good that they have an option. There's a shot that he doesn't start, but I'm pretty sure they're getting rid of the bridge master and uh, they're going to be putting Darnold in there, you know, giving him a full a full go. So kind of exciting uh, news. Kenyon Drake... Alexa, show me the front door. We've got another possible intruder. We've got another possible intruder. It might be Miss Mitty delivering groceries here. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Loading. It's Miss Mitty. Carrying in about eight sacks of groceries by herself. <laughs> We're live. We're live. Nothing we can do about that. With the baby. <laughs> oh, man. I feel bad. I hope she's not watching. Babe, doing a good job. I love you. Meatloaf ready? We always we always yell at Miss Smitty and say, Miss Smitty, the meatloaf, we want it now. And she she's a pretty good sport about it, but if she's not having it, she doesn't play her role uh, to a T in those situations. But Miss Smitty's hauling in a, a big old batch of groceries right now, and I'm sitting here live on my show. I'm scheduled, man. This is scheduled. What am I going to do? Raiders coach John Gruden talked up... Kenyon Drake. Look, John Gruden talks up everybody. If you ask John Gruden about his four-string running back, he will tell you he's the number one running back. He's the best running back he's ever seen. Well, Gruden, why is he number four then? Um, Gruden talks up everybody. But I will address this briefly. I told everyone to stay away from Josh Jacobs at, by by midseason on last year. Meatloaf, says Webb. Alexa, show me the front door. I'll sh- I'll show it next time. I'll-, I'll have the camera prepared. I was that was bad of me not to let you guys see what was going on there. It's my fault. That's my fault. <sighs> we need to expose my lack of grocery help and 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 uh, you know what I'm doing around the house. I have a feeling. Let me see if I can switch this camera over.
We'll check back. We'll check back when we hear motion going on. Okay. Kenyon Drake, I told everybody to avoid Josh Jacob. Sorry about Clubhouse. You probably are like, what is he doing? I'm, I'm showing everybody Miss Smitty walking out the door with groceries and kids and all that. Just showing how bad of <laughs> how bad of a partner I am on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Meatloaf. Yeah, if you yell meatloaf at, at a, a hardworking woman that's carrying a child and groceries, you're going to get beat. John Gruden talked of the versatility of Drake. So here's the thing. Drake's coming into the situation with momentum. He's getting paid pretty decent money, like starter-type money, you could argue. He's got the passing uh, skill set. He's got... Alexa off. I think maybe she's back. I don't think she's going out again. Um, he's got the, the PPR aspect to his game. He's got, uh, you know, and Arizona didn't deploy or use Drake properly. They should have, but they didn't. And and I think the Raiders are very capable of screwing this up too and not using him properly. But if anybody's going to pick up the PPR, PPR work there, it's Drake, not Jacob. So right away, one-third of the work is going over to Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs is going to be there fighting for the other two-thirds. And when you think about it, the way they're paying Drake, the skill set Drake has, the ability to score touchdowns, Drake's skill set is really, really solid in the yardage and touchdown department. And we think it's going to be good in the PPR department too. We just didn't get to see Arizona use him properly. But you can bet that Kenyon Drake's probably going to take at least half of the carries. So half the carries are going to Drake. Pretty much most of the PPR is going to Drake. That's already like 60% of the workload. What is left for you Josh Jacobs believers? Why do you think Josh, is it because you own him? Like, I don't understand why anybody defends Josh Jacobs anymore, especially with his actions lately where he's telling people he's not going to play. Then he then he tells everybody to F off on his, on his Instagram. Um, you know, he's just telling people to meet him at the stadium that are going off on him. Like, his head isn't right. His, his head space is in a weird place, and I don't trust Jacobs at all. And and clearly the Raiders don't either, because you don't bring in a guy like Kenyon Drake at that kind of money, money that indicates he's probably going to be more starter material than Jacobs, or at least 50-50 between the tackles. And again, the PPR works going to Drake, not Jacobs. Then what what do you how are you believing in Jacobs then? Raiders don't. Matt Ryan. Why is this here? Oh. Chris Mortensen reports the Falcons general manager uh, wants to draft a QB. He wants to draft Trey Lance with the number four pick in the NFL draft while the head coach, Arthur Smith, believes that Matt Ryan has at least two good years left. This is a tough, tough thing to break down because the the Falcons, I have the, the draft order right here. The Falcons have the number four overall pick. They might might go in the direction of Kyle Pitts. They could go quarterback. We could see quarterback... We could see the Bengals trade out of that five pick or the Eagles trade out of the six pick, even though they just acquired that pick from Miami because somebody might want a quarterback that bad to move down a spot or two. Like Detroit could trade up two spots to Cincy and Cincy could still take Jamar Chase. They could still take, they would probably get Sewell or Chase still. Um, So, or they could get another offensive lineman if they did want to go offensive line. There's a reason to believe. I think there's going to be at least two trades in the top 10 or 12. I think there'll be two trades. I thought that the Jets would be maybe a capable team of trading out of the two-pick, but now with Darnold gone, they don't have that flexibility to, if we got a big enough offer, we kind of like Darnold, 
Maybe we'll do it. No, that's not going to happen now. But the Falcons, that, that pick is susceptible to being traded. The Bengals, the Eagles, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Broncos. And the Pan- the Panthers no longer need to trade up for a quarterback. But don't, don't kid yourself. If, like, Mac Jones fell to eight, I think the Carolina Panthers would take Mac Jones. I don't think that they would be like, oh, Darnold, we gave up you know, a second rounder for Darnold. They're fine having Darnold go to the bench in, in, or at least start the, the season and then Mac Jones come in. Make no mistake about that. The Lions, I think, are capable of trading up. Denver, Denver is the one team I predict to get one of these top five quarterbacks, whether it falls naturally to the number nine in Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Either one could fall naturally to that pick. It's possible. But I believe the Denver Broncos move up a couple spots when on the clock, when a team is on the clock and they want that pick. So I think there will be at least two draft day trades or one trade before draft day and one on draft day within the top 12 or uh, maybe top 13. Favorite landing spots for Kyle Pitts include the Chargers at 13. Can you imagine Joe Herbert to Kyle Pitts for two decades? Can you imagine? I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. I, I don't know what I would do. I'd be so, I mean, where would he go? Where would people draft Kyle Pitts even in redraft? He'd get it'd get out of control. It'd get crazy. It'd be like it'd be like Christmas, man. Joe Herbert or just Joe Herbert. Justin Herbert. Joe Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert is what I'm trying to say. Uh to Kyle Pitts, either one would be phenomenal. Joe Burrow for uh fifteen years to Kyle Pitts. Justin Herbert. 15 years to Kyle Pitts. Herbert and Joe Burrow are like the Lawrence and Wilson. You know, like those two are the ones you compare together. Burrow and Herbert. For over a decade, those guys are going to be in the top six. Who's better? They're both amazing. Same thing with Lawrence and Wilson. Obviously, throw in Mahomes and Josh Allen and and gang into that. Like It's a deep QB pool. But yeah, Pitts ain't fall. I agree with you, Webb. Pitts isn't falling to... To that 13 but what I said was there's a trade in the top 1 to 13 right so what I'm getting at is the Chargers may want Pitts enough to move up the Broncos want to move up for a quarterback the Dallas Cowboys wouldn't say no to Kyle Pitts or or they probably wouldn't take a wide receiver but they wouldn't say no to Kyle Pitts the Giants even though they got Galladay they wouldn't say no to Devonta Smith they may take Kyle Pitts uh, the Eagles could take Kyle Pitts at 12 or or Devonta Smith Kyle Putz could go number four, and he should go number four. But these teams that want him, like I said, I think there's going to be two trade-ups in the top 12 or 13. That leaves the Chargers in that mix if they trade up. Uh, Is Joe Herbert as good as Justin Herbert? No. Joe Herbert is not as good as Justin Herbert. (laughs) What's up, Clubhouse? You still there? I still got my Clubhouse gang over there. Appreciate you guys. I think some of you migrated over to the fantasyfootballshow.com. So I'm going to get Grant on the line. And Grant and I are going to talk a little bit about this. Let me send Grant a message and get him in the room. But, man, I could talk about the NFL draft all day long. I really could. I could talk about this all freaking day long. Uh, Grant, here comes the link, bro. I'm sorry I'm a little late getting it to you. We'll get Grant, Grant up in this mug. And we'll talk uh, a little bit about everything, a little bit about all this, and see what Grant thinks about the the draft. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him what he thinks about the Niners. Um, I'll, I'll try and do like a rapid fire so that Grant doesn't get uh, 
you know, so you guys don't get fed the same information, like, both hours, you know what I mean? Like, I've already harped on all this stuff for about an hour and 23 minutes, which time is flying, if you ask me. This three-hour show goes by really fast, and I appreciate every one of you in here. I'm a little disappointed that the the thumbs up don't match the amount of people in the room. All it takes is one second to hit that button, to punch that thumbs up, and make that, let's like, let's make it, can we make it match? Can we, can we, little challenge, little challenge action, can we get it to say, uh, you know, whether it's 43 or 50 or 60, whatever the people are in the room at that moment, can we get it to match? Just, you know, it's all I'm saying. Grant, I sent you the link. Hopefully you're getting that and you'll dial in soon. Uh, media, I might send you a link in a minute. Talk a little Niner, Niners football with you. So yeah, maybe we'll do a panel. All right, Grant, if this freezes, then we know it's my system and we got to figure this out. Grant, what is going on? Grant, what's with the fake background? I knew you were going to say that first thing. Can you move one of those helmets and prove it's real? God, I hate you so much. You don't want to move these helmets? They're perfect. Oh, my God, it's real. All right, so we've actually got this one with my actual logo on it. Uh Uh-huh. Show us the best helmet you have. This is probably the mo- the hardest one to get. It's the Tom Brady fire the cannons. Oh uh, man, custom thing. That is that's probably the valuable one. That's sick, bro. I don't know. I, think I don't know how he's photoshopping this. I think he's exactly pho- right. It's all Photoshop. I think it's Photoshop. He's picking up one dimensional pieces of paper. That's exactly right. You're good at Photoshop, Grant. I'll tell you that. I learned from the best of you, right? Yep. Uh, Grant, so we're sorry I'm a little late, um, but you know you got to bail whenever, whatever, whatever time you got to bail. So I'm gonna put the NFL draft order right by your face. Yeah, uh, you can see the screen, right? Yeah, I got it. Okay, so Jacksonville, it, it's 99% gonna be Lawrence, right? So we don't even have to like talk about that topic, right? Right. Uh, Jets are taking Wilson, 98%, whatever. Anything can happen. Niners, I, I don't know if you saw any part of the show, but I said it should be Lance. I think the Lance hype will build, but I think right now the Mac Jones uh, news is like off the hook, and it, and and could it be, could it be smoke? Probably. How much of it? I don't know. But what do you think? Who, who are the Niners taking? Schefter said today that he, he thinks that they'll take Mac Jones, and the Mac Jones like rumors have been just going through the roof, and and the Niners people are smart enough to know that. Shanahan and Lynch aren't going to be sharing what they want to do, but there's a lot of reports speaking to Mac Jones. And that's what's crazy about it. I've been hearing a lot of stuff about Mac Jones. I don't think that they would tip their hand like that, per se. Personally, I think they're going to trade Lance. That's just my opinion. I don't Smart think man. that Fields is going to necessarily fit their system like they're wanting. Uh, but we'll see. It wouldn't shock me if they went Mac Jones, but honestly, I still think it's going to be Trey Lance. Uh, Falcons, are they trading out of that pick or do they take Kyle Pitts or do they go quarterback? Cause they've said they're, I think they're split between ownership and coach as to whether they need a quarterback or not. Um, the coach believes that Ryan's got more time left ownership. I think why, I think that's the way it was. Ownership wants them to draft, uh, like a Lance or, you know, it would be fields or Lance. But, uh, what do you think the Falcons do Kyle Pitts or quarterback or other or trade down? I don't what they're going to do, honestly, I think that if they were smart, they they try to acquire some more draft picks or trade out of that pick. I don't think they necessarily need Kyle Pitts. Um, they've got Hayden Hurst. He's a good talent. 
I don't think I think Matt Ryan's got three or four more years left. He's not elite anymore, but he's serviceable. They have quality receivers. They have a good line, decent line. You know, if I were them, I'd trade out of the pick, but there's no telling what they're going to do. Yeah, um, man, it's it's tough to predict. Um, I, you know, I, I know a lot of people disagree with me and don't feel like you, you know, you tell me how you really feel, but you probably heard my, my Sewell versus Chase argument. Um, and what, see, you're on the opposite ends of the spectrum on that. I think you have to go Sewell. I think they've got um, Higgins and Boyd. They have quality receivers. They've got a tight end. They're good to go. They're lying. You've got to protect Joe Burrow. You give him time to, to do his thing, he's going to be amazing. He's saying it. He's saying it. That's the word, the buzzword, Grant, getting Smitty upset. Um, no, I, I mean, again, I understand. Like, that's the thing is I understand everyone else's perspective. Like, I get it. But I, I think it's so funny, though, how people don't see what I'm saying. I'm not saying you don't, but people don't see what I'm saying that that I, I believe they'll protect him more. Like, it, and even after I explain it to everybody, and, and people could disagree with that. Say, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I don't know if I agree with that. I think Chase isn't that good. Like that's the argument. Like I feel like I feel like people need to say that to me. But when people say got to protect protect Joe Burrow, Smitty, what are you going to do if he's not upright? Like I am I'm, I'm trying to explain that you're protecting him more by having Jamar Chase and a second round or whatever lineman that you because be, it's a deep lineman. It's a deep O line class, and and I feel like you can you can do both and and have a better impact on Joe Burrow being upright. Not to mention what it does for you in the future years. So like, even if you were to say they, you botched the the second round pick or the lineman that they bring in, like you, I understand if he got hurt again, like a lot of teams face that with their quarterback when they're not protecting their quarterback. But if they make it through that botched pick or whatever, and they head into the future, like having Jamar chase, you can, you can eventually build this line up. And I think they're going to build it up enough to keep them healthy. I don't think it's going to not be improved. It's going to be improved. Jamar Chase, even if you didn't draft a single offensive lineman at all, the line will be improved from last year because Jamar Chase will do that. Or Kyle Pitts, if you get him blocking a little bit, that helps too. And I think that man can be taught anything, to be honest. Um, but I, I see your point. I, I understand it. I just, I guess I, my frustration lies with people not understanding mine over and over, but whatever. I'm used to it. <laughs> And people, what I think a lot of people, they're not understanding is Jamar Chase is that good. That man is amazing. I mean, he's phenomenal at football. And I hear what you're saying, but give me Panay Sewell. Let me have Jonah Williams on the left, Sewell on the right. You have got bookend corners. You have got Pro Bowl, cal- Pro Bowl caliber, can't even speak, uh, tackles. You've got to protect him. I get, I get the perspective, and and again, if they end up going Sewell, they're gonna have a better team. Like bottom line, I just think it could be even better. It could be ten x better. But you know, give them Sewell, they're still gonna be good. I've got, we're gonna go over to the board in a second, and you and I are gonna break down uh, the the wins and losses for the entire NFL if we can do it in enough time. You got to leave in what half hour? Uh, I got about yeah, about forty minutes. I'm good. okay. I'll try and be on time next time. Bring you in. I was just ranting on a bunch of stuff and. Um, as I'm getting to know my flow of my show, I'm, I'll, I'll get better at getting you in on time. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I was going to say, yeah, I'm going to have some big predictions for the Bengals that I might overrule you on just to get it onto the board. But <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll break down all the teams. Real quickly, uh, Eagles, do they go Devontas? Or I'm sorry, Miami Dolphins, who do they take at six? Or no, yeah, Dolphins at 
Six. Who are they taking? I don't see how they're not going to take a receiver over there. I think they're going to take Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle if Jamar Chase is not on the board. Yeah, and, and if 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 he if it goes Kyle Pitts, then he will be. So it would be Jamar Chase, you think? I don't know if I like that as much as I, I like a lot of Pitts. other. It makes sense. I think they've got Gasicki. They don't need two tight ends. Uh, no, no. Need... If Atlanta goes Pitts, what I think – I think that could happen and the Bengals go Sewell, let's say, then then Chase goes to Miami. Correct. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't know if I like that from a fantasy perspective though. I I, I mean he'll do he'll do good, but I don't like Tua. From a I can't stand Tua. We we talked about this last year. Tua is just his arm talent's not there. I don't care what anybody says. He doesn't he does or, so whenever you're evaluating quarterbacks, you want a quarterback that'll throw a ball through a receiver as they're moving. He throws the ball to a receiver. And he that throws receiver, the ball? Do what? He throws the ball? Tua? What do you mean? He, he even throws the ball? I didn't even know he throws the ball. Yeah, allegedly. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so any, anyway, he just doesn't have the arm strength to get it there. He doesn't – I'm not going to say he doesn't make good decisions, but he's a little timid. You know, he doesn't like to get hit. I don't like the way he throws the ball. I, he just doesn't – he doesn't do it for me. I, I think within three or four years, he's not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Devonta Smith could fall out of all these players because of the weight concerns that teams, I think, recklessly have. They're they're not realizing what they're passing on. Uh, I right. wonder if he'll fall all the way to the Eagles at twelve. Um, oh, that'd be a steal for the Eagles. The Giants would take him. At, I don't care if they got Galladay; they still take him. I think at eleven, maybe. Literally, that would be a, that would be scary good for the. Uh, for the Giants, if they could land him over there. What about the Chargers? If he oh. fell all the way down, can you imagine? Man, can you imagine what Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Monte Smith could do? That would be dangerous. I mean, Herbert's fantasy value just skyrocketed mm. even more so now. Bro, I I get I get so excited over that. I think that's the most likely player to drop. Devonta Smith, like he's the most likely player to drop because people are like scared of that weight issue. Heisman Trophy winner dropping all the way to 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 what 12 or no yeah. uh 13 I, it'd be it'd be tough to see the eagles passing devonta smith though but what if they went waddle like then then smith could be like there smith so it wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised with that i like smith more i i i get i get that i think a lot of people do like um okay be nice in the comments you guys are fighting amongst each other all right let's go to the board you're saying so what are they saying in the comments not you they're 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 fighting with each other yeah, okay, so I'm going to come over here. Let me see if I can, uh, let's see here. We're going to break down the, uh, let me switch my mics. Okay. Can you hear me? Am I, am I loud and clear? Grant, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All right. All right, so I've got last year's record here on the board. Let me turn the light on here. Last year's record on the board, Seattle Seahawks were 12-4. and four. Uh, the, the Rams were 10-6, and six, right? And uh, AZ was 8-8. Eight and eight. This was last year. So let's go through 11-10. and 10. Let's go through each division and and predict what they're going to do this year. Um, 
San Francisco, let's start there because we got a lot of San Francisco people in the room. What do right. we think in San Fran? Uh, remember, we got to add a game. So, what, what kind of what kind of record do you envision San Fran having? This could go either way. I think they they could go seven and ten, or I think they could go thirteen and four. It just depends on quarterback play. Last year, honestly, the last two years have kind of been a disastrous play for for quarterback situations. So. I think if they could get something with some stability in there with one of these young guys, they could offer upsides kind of the way Hertz came in and, and offered a lot of um, spark at the end of the season. They could be really good. They've got, they've got the tight end. They've got the receivers. They've got a good ground game. They've got a good line. They've got a good defense. They've got everything in the making to be good. They just didn't have a quarterback. And I think that was their downfall. So give me, I'll let you do San Fran here. Or I'll let you, you I'm going to massage it a little bit, but give me, give me a starting point. Man, I, I still think if you're going to run a rookie quarterback out there, eight and nine, nine um, and eight, and I think that's on the low end. I, I really, I, I don't think I'm giving them enough credit, but I, I think that. Let, let, let's do, nine, let's do, let's do this where the other person can move it up maximum two spots. So we'll rotate. You do San Fran. You said, so your max is, or you, what are you saying? Eight. So I can, I can go as high as 10. Eight, All right. I'm going to move it to, to 10 and seven. So you get 10, you get two. You get two digits of flexibility. All right, now I'm going to okay. do the Cardinals, and then you get to move it wherever you want. You have full disclose, disclose or a full uh, ability to move it two spots in any direction. Okay. I like it, honestly. He's leaving it. He's I'm leaving. Leave it. that okay. one there. And I could only move it up to ten because he said eight, so I only had a flexibility of two spots. Rams. I think Matt Stafford is a massive, massive upgrade. Massive upgrade. I really like the Rams this year. I'm thinking probably 12 and 5. Whew. Whew. But they've got to address that line. If they don't protect him, they have got to address the line. I'm moving them down too. So, man, we got 10, 7, 10, and 7, 10, and 7. Now, guys, prefacing that him and I are both like pushing against each other for these records. So, this isn't. This isn't even like a collective thing. This is one of us is saying it. The other one can move it two spots in either direction if they want. So I could not move the Niners up more than 10. He said eight. I could only go to 10. So don't freak out. Seattle. Um, is this my turn? Do what? Yeah. This is my turn, right? Uh, nine and eight. Man, but, I hate going seven, but man, I don't know. I I think this is the one division that could have all double digit though. Like I'm, I I'm gonna go ten and seven. It could happen. That's a that's that might be the best collective division in football. It is. It is, in my opinion, better than better than the Steelers and Browns. And I've been going at people constantly on that. I'm, when we get to that, I I I picture a collapse of that division in some ways. But uh, see, okay, so Seattle, do you want to move it up or down? Just because we don't want to have everybody at 10 and 7, we'll leave it the way it is. Okay. There you go. I don't think it's less than it. I think they're going to have a minimum nine games for sure. NFC uh, uh, NFC West is pretty tough. That's and a great the toughest division. Di- division in football. Um, can I keep this up and, and do the NFC or the AFC? Uh, let's see. Let's do, let's do the NFC South. Okay. Okay, so NFC South, 
this would be fun. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. Uh, so we'll go with everything from last year. So New Orleans, or, uh, yeah, uh, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Can you guys read it? Carolina and Atlanta. And last year it was 12 and four. Oh, 12 and four. Tampa Bay was 11 and five. And if, if we go low on Tampa Bay, like what people don't realize is this is like Tom Brady's like the Lakers in, in basketball back in the day. Like as soon as you make the playoffs, it doesn't matter. They can have any record, you know, like his yep. record usually doesn't always match the way he's playing in the playoffs. Okay, 4-12, and 12, Atlanta. All right, these are the records from last year. Uh, Grant, you go You go ahead and start and you, you pick uh, from the top or the bottom, whichever one you want to start with. Uh, I think New Orleans is probably going to have probably some serious regression. Uh, I'm probably thinking nine and eight. I like that. There's no more eight and eight. No, no. Uh, nine and eight. I'm going to go eight and nine. I was trying to figure it out. Like 17 games is hard to like mentally grasp. Okay. Eight, and nine. Um, I think I think you're right. I think you got Winston and Taysom Hill fighting for who's going to be the starter. And even if one of them does work it out, and I, I believe they'll use both at first, they'll use Winston between from from 20 to 20 inside the 20s in the red zone. It's going to be all Taysom Hill. It's not going to be part Taysom Hill like with Breeze. It's going to be Taysom Hill, the Taysom Hill show. And I think he ends up, I think, starting more games than people think because I don't think Winston's going to do it. But I think that that carousel. QB carousel thing going on is going to create for some some friction. And we don't know if Mike Thomas is going to play a full season because he was supposed to have ligament surgery and did not. So uh, I'm going to say 8-9. So I moved it. Tampa Bay. Uh, 11-6. I give you a little wiggle room. 12 and 5. Okay. Grant because says, nope. There's a statistic going back to every quarterback since Bruce Arians had, by the time you have, I think it was Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, all those guys, or no, he might have had Manning. Either way, it was the second year that uh, the quarterback is in the uh, Bruce Arians offense. They explode. They do tremendously better because he has the hardest, basically it's the hardest system in the NFL. So I fully anticipate Brady grasping the concept. Look what they did down the stretch when Brady finally started grasping it. I think that offense is just going to get better and better and better and better as year two progresses. And losses. Wins, loss. Okay, let me put that on screen so people know what we're doing. They're stopping by. Okay, uh... So eight nine Tampa Bay. Okay, so now we're at um, Carolina. Ooh, this one's gonna be tough. Um, seven and ten, and I'm gonna give you. Oh, is it my turn or your turn? Uh, it's my turn. Okay. See, I'm going six and eleven. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it, Grant. Uh. God, do I do 10 or 9? I'm going to go 9 and 8. 
I'm going to give you the ability to make them a double-digit win team or take them even lower. I, I like doing this. I, this isn't necessarily where I want them. I just wanted to put it in a good spot for you. Well, they do have a new coaching. They have a new, complete new regime in there in the works. It depends on how they bounce back from that. But they've got the talent. They just can't quite put it together. I really like them at seven and nine. Woo! Or seven and Seven nine, right? Seven and ten. Seven and ten. Yeah, it's God, I can't wrap my head around that either. I'm like, I can't believe we're playing. We're going 18 weeks, and what that does for fantasy, like, do you, you start your playoffs? No one's really talking about it yet. Do you start your playoffs in week 15? You kind of got to, right? But even so, I would, like, still, I would still do uh, start them in week 14. I feel I feel the same way about it. I feel like that's going to get a lot of pushback because you're not playing that extra week we're all given. But I fear that you're going to lock stuff up still at week 16 and sit week 17 and 18. I don't know, man. I think we're playing with fire, messing with uh, everything. But it's crazy. Like, you know, now to rush for 1,000 yards, it's like 58 yards a game. It's cr- everything's crazy, man. Okay, so there you go. Grant and I together came up with the, the uh, wins and loss predictions for the NFC West and NFC South. I know we're going to get a lot of, of – pushback because people hate when you don't predict what they want out of their team it's like mock drafting like no one's going to agree with it i understand it's going to piss a lot of people off but i think it looks pretty good i think the cardinals uh, i think the seahawks could be a 10 win team though i think this is you know if things get ironed out there with with russell wilson but i think that's good predicting nine and eight because we don't know what's going on there but that is a tough division and i kind of feel like one of those teams won't be 10 and seven but you know we're pushing back against each other so that's how it fell um all right, let's go move on to the NFC East. Um, I don't know if you can still read this. Let me see. N. Yeah, you can see that. I'll move it over like that. There you go. NFC East. And this one's going to be crazy. So Washington, uh, New York Giants. Cowboys and Philly. Probably the worst division in football. Yeah. Okay. So last year it was seven and nine. It was six and ten. It was uh, six and ten and four and eleven last year. So I will start Grant. I will start with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm gonna start with the Dallas Cowboys because that's your. That's your home state, so I wanna, I'm gonna. That is that is my team. I'm gonna throw this for a. I'm gonna throw this for a loop. I I think I'm gonna surprise you here. If Dak is back healthy, we have got major issues on the defense. We we've got to get a corner. We've got to be able to uh, rush the passer. I'm not a big Mike McCarthy fan. Wow. I'm gonna go nine and eight. Ooh. I can't believe you're knocking down my prediction for your own boys. I just, until I see it, I don't have a lot of faith in it. Nine and eight is going to look bad, but it really will be a good record. You're adding another game. It's like, it's tough to, uh, okay. So your turn, pick, pick whichever team you want, actually. All right. I think the giants, I think we're probably looking at five and 11. No, five and 12. Uh, I'll go six and eleven. Okay. So not much of a move. Okay, go ahead. 
All right, it's my turn. Um, Eagles. Nine and eight. We're going seven and ten. Woo! I think from a fantasy perspective, I think Jalen Hurts is the real deal. I think from an actual NFL game standpoint, I, I don't think he's going to be that great of an NFL quarterback, but I think he's phenomenal for fantasy. So I, I just I just don't see it. Okay, uh, last team is the Washington Redskins. And I'm actually extremely bullish on, on Washington. I think uh, Fitzpatrick can add the stability they need, a quarterback – but I don't, I don't see him jumping that many to too many more wins. Honestly, I think not an eight. You know, uh, we're gonna get a lot of hate on that one, but I, I think I'm gonna leave that. I think, I think there's a lot of positives, but how many games will Fitzy stay healthy for? Um, you know, it'll be interesting. Like, will a nine and eight team? How many nine and eight teams can make the playoffs? You know. Like it, it's it's gonna be tough. Like it's gonna be a better record, I think, than it looks because it looks like a barely five hundred record, you know. But but ten and seven, I don't know. What's everybody saying in the chat? People are probably going nuts. Like my team needs to be what in the hell? Uh, football team Smitty. No, they can't. Um. Okay, I don't see anybody like going crazy. Seahawks will go eleven wins, I think. Says Miles. Miles, we'll see. We'll see where we head. So, so far, this is the prediction for the NFC East based on Grant and I pushing back on each other. That's not collective. It's more of like one person puts it down and, and the other person has only two spots of wiggle room to move it at their discretion. Uh, Green Bay last year, 13-3. Uh, and three. Chicago was 8-8. Eight and eight. Minnesota, 7-9. and nine. And Detroit... Uh, five and eleven. This other than Green Bay, this could be a bad division too. I mean, some people like Minnesota, but they're they're capable of being fantasy. Um, let me move this over. Capable of being fantasy, you know, machine, monsters. But it, it it you know I don't know if it'll translate into like a ten win team. Uh, I'm gonna start with Green Bay and say, boy, eleven and six. That gives you a little flexibility to go to 12 wins if you want or go down to 10 or higher. Thinking about going to 13. Okay. 13 and four is where I think they Woo! are. Bay is. I think they're a phenomenal team. Woo, doggy. The rules of this game are he, when the person we rotate, the person that calls out the record, it can be moved two spots in either direction. So he, he, he pulled out his veto card and he said 13 wins. Uh, your turn. Uh, let's go with Chicago. This is an interesting one because they still do not have a quarterback. I'm probably, I just don't think they're going to put it together. Let's go seven and 10. I think they're going to regress from last year. Ooh, okay. No soup for Chicago. No soup for you. Uh, Minnesota is the last. Did we do? Did we do Detroit? No, we haven't done Detroit yet. Okay. So Chicago was eight and eight. All right. Uh, what was Minnesota last year? Uh, seven and nine. I think that's about where they are next year. Let's go. Uh, 
eight nine. Give them one more win. I'm gonna leave that. And Detroit, we didn't do yet, right? No, we haven't done that. Is my math right here? Four and thirteen. Four and thirteen. Yeah. I think that's being generous, to be honest. <laughs> so here, here's my problem. I want the. I am now a massive Detroit Lions fan because Dan Campbell, the brand new head coach, fighting Texas Aggie. I got to support my boy. You probably got a Devonta Swift uh, uh, photoshopped helmet behind you. I don't have a Swift helmet yet. Oh. Man, I've got plenty of Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnsons, though. Man, I don't have faith this year. I don't like Jared Goff. They don't have Galladay now. I'm going to leave it, even though I think they're probably going to go 3-14. and 14. I'll leave that one. Okay. All right, there you go. There you have it. This is the uh, NFC West that we predicted. The NFC South. NFC East, NFC North, and and uh, let's let's break down. Um, I almost want to keep that. I got to take a screenshot of that. All right, guys, I'm going to end the clubhouse because you guys can't hear Grant anyway. Uh, so Dutch, get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Okay, ended that. I had clubhouse kind of screaming there. So I'm going to take a photo of this. And then I think we'll just wipe it. All right. Now we're heading down to the AFC South. This we is going to be interesting. You also have to bring up the Deshaun Watson situation there because there's just a lot of uncertainty going yeah. on in this one. Yeah, because you're not. I mean, the, the, yeah, it's, it's t- tough to say. So it was Tennessee was eleven and five. Um, Colts were eleven and five. Wow, you know, it, it's. I don't think this is going to be. I think this division is going to be actually pretty, pretty, pretty tough, or pretty bad. One and, wow, Jacksonville one and fifteen. I thought they had two wins. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot for a minute. Okay, AFC South. It's gonna bother me. I have a touch of OCD, Grant. Okay, no, you're good. NFC South. All right, I'll start it off and go Jacksonville. Um, I think they're gonna bounce back. I think Urban Meyer is gonna do a good job. Probably looking at six and eleven. I'm gonna go seven and ten. I, I think I think Lawrence is good. I, I don't think I, they have a winning record, but I think that Lawrence will will be so uh, so good right out of the box, man. And you got a good running game. I think this is a team that could surprise. They could even surprise on this number. I really do think that Lawrence will be that effective right away. Look at Herbert. Look at Burrow. Um, this supporting cast is not that bad. Without a quarterback, none of it works. It's like having a vehicle, really good vehicle, without any wheels or rims. You give Jacksonville their wheels and rims, and we're going to see that they're not even close to as bad as that record showed. Um, you you did that right. So Tennessee, 
I'm going to go 10 and 7. I, you know, and I don't even know if I want to. I just want to. I feel like they, they could have less, less wins than people think. But. See, I like them at 11 and 6, but I wouldn't argue 10 and 7. So leave it or change it? Let's go 11 and 6. Okay. Grant says no. He says veto. Okay, Col- uh, Colts or, or Texans, you go. I'll go Houston just because uh, they're 90 miles south of where I am. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays. I don't know how he can play uh, with 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 everything going on. I think that's going to be very detrimental. I think maybe 3 and 14. They're If Deshaun Watson doesn't play, they're going to be horrific. 3 and 14 says Grant. I'm going to say 2 and 15 without Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to be generous. Yeah, you were being a little nice. He, uh, Colts. Um, God, I want to say 10 wins, but I feel like, you know, going back to the Cardinals, I mean, I mean we pushed each other around on that, that the Cardinals, San Fran, those records. So we, like, we moved them down to 10. I believe that maybe one or two of the teams – um, in the uh, NFC West, we'll actually have 11 wins or more. But we, but guys, keep in mind that we were pushing against each other. So it's hard for me to like predict the Colts to to have a, as good a record as every single team in the in the NFC West because I think it's the toughest division. So I'm finding it hard to not let that influence me. But I think like 10, 10 and seven is possible. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had nine or eight wins. I think Indy's actually going to surprise a lot of people. I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan, but I think he's going to. Th- uh, I think he's going to be phenomenal with the Colts. I really do. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be really, really good. He's got some amazing receivers. He's got a you know great line, a great running back. He's got a good offensive head coach and Frank Wright. I like it. Okay, I'll leave it seven, but I really like eleven and six. Okay, and uh, that's it, right? We've done them all. Okay. Yeah. So now we're on to um, the AFC East, right? So yeah, let's do it. AFC East. Oops, let me keep the colors the same. Buffalo, Miami, uh, New England Jets. And last year, Buffalo was 13-3. and Can you guys even see that? You can't. Just raise it up a little bit. There you go. Uh, Miami was 10-6. and This is going to be a tough one to predict. Miami, 7-9 and for New England. And the Jets were 2-14. and All right, kick it off, Grant. Whichever one you want. Um, Let's go New England. Oh. Man, I hope they really don't have Cam Newton as their starting quarterback next year. I know Belichick's on the hot seat. I just don't think they're going to be very good next year. I'm going six and eleven. Six and eleven. Um, I'm going to say they're capable of winning games because that team is like throw up in your mouth, but like maybe effective for winning games. I I'm going to say six and eleven seems about right. Um, yeah. Buffalo, I'm going to go 
12 and 5. That's exactly where I was going with that. Lock it in. Okay. Oh, I'll, we'll make it every time we have the forces just to go up or away because I hate it. I've agreed with you too much on here, and that's usually not in my nature. I'm usually one to argue with people. Yeah. I, you know, Josh Allen, like if they, especially if they draft a running back, like even if it's later in the draft, but if they get like a, imagine if they got a Najee Harris in the first round or they, they took ETN. Or imagine if they got Chuba Hubbard later or Devonta Williams in the second round or something like that. I don't even know if the bill, where the Bills draft in the second round if they even do. But but trading up for one of those players or Carter or or Hill. There's a lot of running backs that have potential. Sermon, you know, Sermon in a Buffalo system would be pretty good. If they if they get a running back in there, and I, I like Moss a, a, a little. Like, I think Moss still has a shot. But if they get an elite running back, that, that team's going to be tough to beat in 2021 i love the bills uh miami or jets what do you want to do i'll take miami um now that tour is firmly planted as their starter i don't like him i don't yeah. think he's a quarterback uh six and eleven i just i don't think i don't think he's it I, yeah, it's tough because they have so many other pieces in place. If they were to address the quarterback position, I, I believe they could be like a nine nine win team easy. They they could, but how many yeah. times did Ryan Fitzpatrick bail out to it for yeah. the win? Like, how how yeah. good were the beginning of the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback? I, Tua didn't do much. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna preface that this team has so much potential, and I'm leaving it at six and eleven only because of I don't believe in Tua. But for the future, I really like what Miami's doing. Oh, for um, sure. Now, I think their, their GM's done a phenomenal job. I love their coach. I love everything about the Dolphins except the quarterback. Is this uh, is this not fair enough? I, I like Wilson a lot. They still got a lot to do, though. You I'm know, not. A, I think they'll turn I it around quick, but but I don't know how Salah is going to do. They don't. They don't just give me the warm and fuzzies. Let's go five and twelve. Five and twenty. I, I think that's being very generous. Grant is handing out generosity as we speak. Okay, AFC North. This is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for the AFC North the whole time because people get so mad at me when I talk about the AFC North because they think it's the toughest division by far. AFC North is the best division, and I don't. I think. I think. I think we got a tougher division. And Cardinals have a much tougher division, but AFC North. This will be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to, like, maybe we move each other's a lot on this one. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe we agree. I don't know. But Baltimore, uh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. So, last year, we had Pittsburgh at 12-4, and four, and they fell apart but still had a great record. Ravens 11-5. and five. We're up and down, still finished with a great record. The Browns were surprisingly good, um, and the Bengals were not surprisingly bad. All right, you kick it off, Grant. All right, let's go with Baltimore first. I'm thinking nine and eight. I just, I know Lamar was the MVP two years ago, but I think the league has got a blueprint on him now. If the if the Baltimore does not readjust their offense and do what they were doing and run him ten times a game, they're not going to be very successful. He's not the greatest passer. I'm leaving it. I agree. I, I think that, uh, you know, he's capable of being really good, but he's also capable of, of, of falling apart and, and being, you know, not the same player for a string of games. I mean, we haven't seen Mark Andrews bounce back at all. 
Uh, I'm going to go nine and eight for Cleveland. I'm going to say the same thing. I think Cleveland. I think this division falls apart and is not. I mean, falling apart. Nine wins is still a winning record, but they're not the toughest division in the league. I don't think. It, and so I'm going to go nine and eight for Cleveland. I know a lot of people like them this year, but Baker Mayfield, that offense is very capable of, I think, struggling from time to time. Right. I'm going to bump you up to 11 six. I actually really, Ooh. really like. Them. I think what they've done defensively is going to be strong. They probably got the best defensive line in the league. Eleven to six, Grant. Grant over. I think. I think they're going to be a defensive ball club. Yeah, the offense struggles, but their defense is nasty. Man, I wish I could go eight and eight here. I'm right there with you. Um. So. I'll go eight and nine. All right, I think Grant. Team just getting one extra loss. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh. You know, Ben Roethlisberger is certainly declining, and they have a lot of wide receivers and weapons. If they if they draft a Najee Harris or an ETN, I think that is very beneficial to this team. And then they start running the ball a lot because they've got to stop throwing the ball as much with Big Ben, not really having the same arm as he used to. So if they can transition into a, you know, they got to fix offensive line issues, but they can trans transition into a little bit more of a consistent running type team. They could get nine wins or something like that, but I don't think they're a double-digit win team, and I don't think they, if they even make the playoffs, they won't they won't go far. But Agreed. Bengals, four and eleven last year. I like where Cincinnati's going. You give me a, a stool <laughs> or your scenario as well. I, Cincinnati's actually going to surprise a lot of people. I think Joe Mixon has a, a pretty good bounce back year. They proved that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think their defense is shoring up a little bit. I'm going to go probably nine and eight. I really like Cincinnati this year. Now I've got to decide what I'm doing here. I so badly want to put them at 10 wins just to, to get everyone's panties in a bunch. But at the same time, I think nine and eight is still a, a, a record that can get you in the playoffs or be right there. And I think that's pretty good. I mean, a winning record with an extra game added feel like that is that is pretty good i feel like the cleveland browns in my opinion won't be a double digit win team so i think this division will actually have in my opinion zero double digit uh records but that's just the way i see this division kind of shaking out i just think there's a lot of holes in all of these teams i mean in cincinnati i do believe is going to be on the up and up they're going to be fantastic okay afc west this is the last one Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. And the records were 5 and 11, 7 and 9, 8 and 8. And uh, Chiefs were 14 and 2. Wow. Kind of forget they won 14 games. Okay. You started off, Grant. Pick a team. I don't know. Let's go with the Raiders. There's there's really no telling where they're going to go. Whoops. I just okay. don't think they're better than what the record was from last year. So, I mean, I don't eight think Denver's going to be good, so give them one extra win, nine and eight. I'm going to go eight and nine. Actually, so, you know what? Seven and ten. I'm going two spots down. I can, I can see it. Seven and ten. Okay. KC, I'm going to go 
12 and 5. I'll go 13 and 4. And again, if anybody's just joining, we have the ability to move the other person's uh, pick up two spots or down two spots. So we rotate picking, and then the other person can complete discretion and moving it maximum or minimum of two spots down or up. Okay. Uh, yeah, Casey, I mean, what's there to say? Like, best offense in the NFL. Um, they're susceptible. Like, they got to fix some things. There were Mahomes is running for his life, but, you know. If they don't have line, Mahomes is going to He's gonna he's gonna have a, a pretty good regression year. They've got to be able to protect. Mm-hmm. They're off. I mean, their line's weak. Yeah, they got to use Clyde Edwards Alaire properly too because he can definitely spread things out. They need to make sure they run the ball right. They they can't be doing this like we're gonna phase the the run out of the you know they they're notoriously one of the best running fantasy football producing uh, offenses in in the NFL historically and like they have this beast of a runner. I think they could tear it up and they just need to feed them properly efficiently and, and consistently um okay here we go this is where i'm gonna get i'm gonna get crazy i i don't chargers 13 wow. and 4 okay mvp You're... potential uh mvp candidate in in justin herbert like no, I'm gonna have to back that down to uh, 11 and six. I, I think that's that's a little hefty. I know it's I'm breaking apart here. That's right. I throttled it up so you couldn't get them too low. Okay, Den. Uh, what do you think about that? What, what what do you like about the Chargers? What are you worried about? Like especially, what if they add Pitts or Devonta Smith or you know they trade up for Pitts, whatever. Like if they add an offensive weapon, man, Herbert's gonna be. The you goat. always got to think with the new coaching regime coming in. I think it'll actually benefit them. You know, I like Eckler. I think he's good for what they're wanting to do. It'll be a, a different change in offensive philosophy a little bit. I think they're a little thin right there. I love their receiving core. I don't know. I just, in the NFL, you're going to get beat by teams you shouldn't get beat by. So I just, I just think I would tailor my expectations. I would just dial that down a little bit. Okay, so what what are you doing for Denver? Five and eleven. I love how mad, mad people like this is the one topic, Grant. Like literally, you will have nothing but negative comments because the people that agree with you don't seem to um, don't seem to tell you you know you're doing a great job with your predictions. It's always the oh my god, like you know the the Colts ten and seven. They've got Wentz, and then you've got somebody in the comments going, "The Colts won't win four games." And then you have somebody say, "The Buffalo Bills twelve and five, but you have the Ravens, you know, winning nine and eight. And you know, no one, no one likes when their team, you know, is being projected to to struggle at all. But it's, I think it's Denver's. I, I don't like Denver. I don't think their defense is 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 where it needs to be. You know, I don't think Vaughn. I don't know what's going on with the whole Von Miller situation. I'm not a fan of Drew Locke. They got to get a quarter. They're gonna they're gonna get a quarterback, but you got to assume right now they aren't. Four and thirteen. Just... Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So there you go. There you go. That's the uh, again, guys. This isn't gonna be perfect in any of your minds. Number one. Grant and I were pushing back on each other and had the flexibility to take away two or add two wins and two losses to each of these. So 
this is not even collectively how we think this is us having a little fun pushing back on each other but um interesting uh afc south i'm gonna take a photo of this one too and then mock this off but this is this has been pretty fun I like this. This is uh, this is always good for uh, debate. And uh, Grant, you got you got what like five minutes, or you got to go? Yeah, I got about five minutes left. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Anything? Throw it out. I don't know. You tell me. There's a lot been going on right now. Uh, I can't wait for the draft. All I know is it's going to be a lot of parity. I think there's going to be a lot of trades. I think you're going to have a lot of surprise picks. I can't wait. It's, most, this is probably the most anticipated drafts that I've been eager to watch in a long time. Do you have any like shocking predictions? Like the most shocking thing that could happen? Um, I think the I think the Broncos will get involved and get a quarterback. I think there is at least two trades in the top thirteen overall. Um, probably on draft day, but one maybe before. But I think people are going to be moving for these quarterbacks and moving for Kyle Pitts, moving for these skill positions. Um, someone's going to want chase that bad or pitch that bad. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I really don't think that Atlanta's going to take the quarterback right here. So I think that whoever they take is going to – Atlanta sets a tone for the draft, honestly, because I, if they don't take the quarterback right there, you're going to have teams salivating to trade up. And I think at that point you might see teams like the Patriots who don't normally trade. They don't get aggressive. They just don't go after the quarterbacks. But Belichick doesn't have a quarterback and he knows it. So I think he might – trade the farm to try to trade up into the top state eight to get one of the top five guys. What What's funny is how, um, uh, Oh, hold on. There's, there's a little bit of, of breaking news here. Let me, let me drop this onto the screen here. This is a, this is a topic that's probably worth talking about. So we'll, we'll jump right into this and then you, you got to bail. Just tell me I'm leaving. But Russell yeah. Wilson, newly signed Seahawks defensive end, Carlos Dunlap said he received assurances from Russell Wilson that the quarterback would remain with the team in 2021. I, I Honestly, man, I, I don't know how people have been even, like, thinking that Russell Wilson's going to leave. Like, it's so hard to find a top-five quarterback in the NFL. There's teams that search for over a decade or more for that one quarterback. The Bears, look at the Bears, for example. Um, the Jets, for example. Uh, you know, they would get rid of every single coach and trainer and hot dog vendor and everybody to keep Russell Wilson on the team. There's no reason the ownership would get rid of this guy and have a crap team that you can never rebuild, you know, to this level. And they've got DK and Russell Wilson doesn't want to go anywhere. He's got DK and Lockett and, and, and just, uh, you know, they got to work on a lot of things, but he's just wanting to be vocal. And I think he wants to be involved in stuff. You know, like I said, in a couple of different shows, he's watching LeBron and Brady and all these guys just command what they, they want on the team. Brady says, bring me Gronk. They float Gronk up and Gronk floats right over, uh, to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like just magical how he just commanded that to happen, and it, and it like what 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 player comes out of retirement and goes exactly where he needs to go? Like this is crazy, and so you know you got Russell Wilson that's not even involved and probably doesn't even have his own locker, you know, and and all he wants is a little say. <laughs> that's exactly right. I don't blame him. I mean, they've got to find a way to protect him. If I were Wilson, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. So the, I didn't think there was a shot that he was leaving, but this is good confirmation. <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to leave whatsoever, but I agree with them. They need to protect him. He's what, Was he the most hit or second most hit quarterback all of last year? Um, 
I want to say he was the most hit quarterback last year. Yeah. Hey, what what uh what do you predict for what do you predict for DK Metcalf? Top. Is he, like, I love me some DK. He's one of my favorite players in the league. But I'm all about blueprints. Unless Seattle is willing to adjust theirs, I think he's going to have a regression year. I think he's may not be finished as a top ten receiver next year. Woo! If it's Woo! Adjust their defenses. Woo, Grant! That's a bold prediction right there. Grant and dropping hate, some some bold predictions in here. Uh, hey, not top ten. Man, Teams figured him out at the end of the season, which was basically DK on a go route. You know, if and then by the time people were getting to Russell, he didn't have time to throw. When he did, you were having safety help over the top. DK wasn't getting those down the stretch. And I, I'm a firm believer in blueprints. And if they don't adjust, you know, take Lamar Jackson last year. Teams figured it out what, what was going on, and they had a blueprint towards the, the playoff game and they implemented it all last season and the uh, Ravens did not adjust. So if it doesn't seem to me that the, the, the Seahawks adjust a whole lot on their, on their philosophy. So if they don't adjust, it could be a really bad year for DK. Yeah. Down I, year. It's still going to be, he's still going to be a, a wide receiver one. I think not gonna, he may not be in the top 10. I think I draft him in like the 12 to 15 range pretty comfortably, which means he's probably like wide receiver five, six, or four, six, seven. It could be anywhere between four and eight. Um, I don't think eight would be crazy because there's a lot of good wide receivers like Ridley, um, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown that could bump, you know, and then you got Hill and Adams. And so it's not crazy to think like seven or whatever, but to, outside of the top 10 would be hard for me to imagine. But man, We've seen players drop off before. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be that shocking. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the, the show, like nothing's going to shock us anymore. Like what we went through in 2020 from everything that we, from a sports perspective too, like Kobe Bryant, even you know dying like that. After he passed, like everyone was like, you can't shock us anymore. Like anything can happen. You know, NCAA tournament getting canceled, all sports getting canceled, no people in the stadium watching NBA basketball with no fans. Like what is left for us to be shocked about? Like, nothing's going to shock us. So. I have an open hey, well, mind to a lot of things now, Grant. I appreciate you. Yeah, I've got a, I got to take off, but we'll look forward to uh, being on next Tuesday. Appreciate you, man. I, I, next time, work on a better background. That that looks that definitely is not real. All right. Well, I'm, my goal is to have different backdrops every show, so we will see what I can come up with for next week. Okay. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate All you. Right. Later. Later. Grant. You guys love when Grant comes by. I don't blame you. Let me switch over to... Um, my command center real quickly. Switch over to the command center. Jefferson regression. I don't know about that, bro. I don't know about that. Now, I know a lot of you are going to be real upset about your team's win and loss projection that I had. But again, Grant and I went back and forth, pushing back on that. So, anyway, um, where were we at? We have uh, where's my where's my trackpad? Let's do some calls. Call up right now. Call into the show. The bat line is 702-703-SHOW. Let's go!
Call into the show. The bat line is 702-703. Show. Let's go. Left me an IG message. Uh, you know, a few of my, few of my normal. Here we go, Smitty. Uh, yes, uh, Dollar Bill, I will. But I need, I need, I need a voicemail, Dollar Bill. I need you guys to leave me a message. Giggles, I'm gonna send you. Giggles, I'm gonna send you a quick link. You better be good. You better be good. This is my intern. This is one of my interns. I sent him a link right now. I don't know how I feel about him. We may or may not keep him. We we may discard him. Just completely toss him out. Or we may keep him. I don't know. We're also wondering if he is my son. We're looking into that. If he is, then he's going to stay on the show regardless. He might take over someday. If he's not my son and it comes back that he's not, then we're not keeping him. <laughs> Just kidding. Mr. Giggles, I sent you the link, bro. So come on up. And if you guys want to call in, again, if you get the voicemail, leave a message. I will play your voicemail on the show. Um, also, you can send me an IG message. Uh, media's your boy. We'll get him. We'll hopefully get him on. Grant knows his stuff. I like Grant. Grant has. Grant was the first intern, and uh, Grant's here to stay. So Grant is a fantastic addition to the show. Jay Problem says Justin Jefferson will regress for some teams. Will treat him as the number one and see the number one corner now. It's a good thing to bring up. Uh, you called in, okay, uh, and I sent you a link. Check your uh, Instagram DMs, bro. I sent you a link. You can dial in. So not only are you leaving a message, you're also going to be dialing in. So let's listen to let's listen to your message here. Please. you have any questions for me, so yeah, let me get in. That's bye-bye. Hold, hold on. Quiet. We're listening to your voicemail. Okay. <laughs> and and I, lo- I love the... Dude, you drop your phone in water again? Like, what's going on? I can't even see you. It's what? Like, I, I, I Put it in some rice, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. I know my lighting's kind of bad. Your lighting... You have the reverse thing going on. You're putting the lighting all behind you and then you come up in the dark like you're in, it's almost like you're or is this maybe it's photo maybe it's a uh, green screen here let me try one no no, no i like it don't change a thing this is the way okay. you do it we don't want you coming in crystal clear clear we like it like this this is the way giggles does it okay giggles this is a fort this is 49er media from instagram uh we, we call my my i don't know i, I guess i'm your uncle or your stepfather we mm-hmm. don't know yet but this guy is a 49er guy, 49er page, and he probably has something to say about uh, what I what, what record we gave you, right? 10 and 7? Yeah, uh, 10 and 7. So I, first off, disagree with Seattle's record. because uh, You had them at 10 and 7 too, right? Uh, let me put it up on screen. It took a cr- okay. screenshot of it. I know, I know you're all going to have a beef with these, but, but again, <laughs> in my defense, we push back on each other. And, uh, you know, I, I basically, you know, predicted something and then he would move it 
So these aren't really how I feel, and I just want everybody to understand that. This okay. is not my prediction. This is a combination of of uh, of both of us when we went through it. So Seattle, let me send this to my computer real quick. Um, Sorry, I'm not sure. Computer, stop! <laughs> computer, how many wins will the Niners have in 2021? Found on the web, according to BingerPost.com, assuming the best possible result, the Niners will go ten to six. The Hawks nine to seven. Well, let's Chad. What? Wait, 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 wait. Bro, that computer bro, doesn't even first, know it's seventeen. Games, I know the computer but... doesn't know it's seventeen games, but but she said ten wins. Like I I, I feel a little vindicated, bro. <laughs> I feel a little vindicated. Vindicated. Computer, how many wins will the Cardinals have in twenty twenty one? Found on the web, according to thevailbirder.com, their current roster projects for 30 to 31 wins above replacement for fan graphs. <laughs> oh, that's computer. Shut yeah, up. I mean, you probably have to say uh, Arizona Cardinals. Computer, how many wins will the Arizona Cardinals have? The Cardinals finished the season third in the NFC West at eight and eight. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Whatever. She, but hey, man, that was pretty, pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. She, she agrees. Ten wins. But I mean, she doesn't even know that there's seventeen games. Yet, Don't you know? worry about that. That's you're, you're focusing on the wrong details here. Giggles. I mean, okay. So here, here's what we predicted. Again, this was uh, mm -hmm. uh, Grant and I together. Yep. Seattle nine and eight. I think I, I forget where I put him. I don't know if I put him at ten. I, I might have put him at ten wins, or I might have put him at nine and eight, mm -hmm. thinking he was gonna vault them up to 10 wins but i firmly believe if this is not mine this is grant and i together mm -hmm. yes, i think yes. we'll have double digit wins across the board in our division and i think the nfc west is the toughest division in the nfl and so you know okay well i think first okay so first off i'm gonna start with seattle i guess um i just have concerns about their defense um also like you were saying probably defenses will be able to figure out like dk metcalf um, now that. and so I, I feel like they'll they'll still be competitive because they do have Russell Wilson, put, so you, you can't put, count that out. Put words in my mouth, giggles. I didn't say that. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was my didn't other. You, that you was say... your that was your boss, my intern number didn't... one, Grant, who said oh. that DK Metcalf <laughs> will get figured out. That was your boss. Okay, my bad. My bad. He said okay. that. The, the lead intern. Said that. Um, well, I do, I do agree with him on that, and I, I don't know. I think, like I said, I don't like Seattle. Obviously, you can't count them out because they just have Russell Wilson. But yeah, they don't have an old offensive line. Their defense. Well, I don't. Uh, think, I know. I don't think nine and eight is crazy though. I think that, like yeah. that, that's struggling right there. Nine and eight is struggling for the Seahawks, and I think, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams and Seahawks had the same record and the Cardinals and Niners were above both of them at, you know, 11 wins or whatever. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Again, this isn't my record. Um, yes. But I, I think I think, I think think at least two of these teams will actually have more than 10 wins. But it was interesting. Oh, uh, What was Arizona's record last year? Uh, I think they were 8-8. Eight and eight, Okay, so I guess I – guess, um... Arizona, you could, I guess I have to kind of agree on that one because I do think they've improved. They worked on the offensive line. They have J.J. Watt. So I, many, I think you guys 
definitely have improved, and I think like around two more wins is. Where's my football? I want to talk about not. I gotta hold my football. Too bad. How many? Okay, so let me ask you this question: How Mm -hmm. many wins do we have if we draft Najee Harris in the first round? Bump it up to like, I think it stays actually because just the division, like you're in a tough. But it bumps it up, stays that way. Well, what okay, kind of answer I think is it... that? <laughs> okay, this I'm is why we call him giggles. It... You you get it's... you pressure him, he starts <laughs> he cracks under the giggle. He starts giggling and he cracks. <laughs> okay, I think it stays the same. But I mean, if, if they make some crazy draft move that can make them better. Sure, but again, they're just every team in this in the NFC West. We're we're the best division in football. We're the most competitive, like the toughest division in football. Easily. So I think ten Easily. is actually probably actually probably like giggles around the right <laughs> around the right. Nine, the, okay, give me your uh, Niners. Win. Give me your Niners prediction. If we stay healthy and assuming Garoppolo is the starter for, let's say, like 14 games, I'm going to give it, I'm going to say 11 wins. So that would give us 11 and 6. And if you start a rookie in week one or week two or week three? Ooh. Hmm. We start a rookie. I'm gonna say, like, bump that down up probably like nine and, um, like nine wins, I think. Okay. I feel or, like you're, yeah. you're being fair with your team. You're not being overly mm-hmm. crazy. Um, Tell t- and this is the last thing I'll have you talk on giggles. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna boot you mm-hmm. yep. from. But I think a lot of people like you. You might be you might be here to stay. Everybody, <laughs> drop a, a line if you like giggles and you want giggles back. Um, where's my graphic here for Mac Jones? Speak to this right here because Shefty is a pretty darn good source. You can't just dismiss this and go it's all smoke. Like explain why it's smoke. Explain. How Schefter could be wrong and why Schefter is thinking this. This is the number one man at his job. Okay, um, I'm pretty sure didn't Schefter also report about that during like the Quinn and Williams year? There was all that smoke, and then I'm pretty sure. So you're going to pull one thing out of Schefter's resume. Okay, well, I'm missed. just saying that's an example. <laughs> but I think the Niners, you know, they don't leak stuff. They're not going to tell a reporter like Adam Schefter, obviously, what they're doing. And he didn't so say that. I think, He's predicting it. Why is he predicting it? And I, I just don't see it happening. I think the Niners want, like, a clear upgrade, like, big enough upgrade. Um. Also, like, after hearing the press conference, we know a lot more. I would say and just because of what Shanahan said, I think. I'm sure he likes Mac Jones, but I'm I'm sure he, he likes fields or lands you know what's funny is how biased you guys are in a in a great way like i i appreciate all of you my niners faithful or my followers are my niners fans are are amazing and i always go to bat for you guys so this is not a negative this is a positive it's a positive thing you guys are loyal to a t loyal to a fault um 
but everybody says that Mac Jones, they want a clear upgrade. If they like Mac Jones, they think he's a clear upgrade. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, mm-hmm. if they think Mac Jones is worth trading up for, then, and, and, and you don't know that, you're assuming that they don't feel he is, but I feel like they knew his value was going to go up, and it did. You know, so like mm-hmm. I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not sure if you were here. I think you were. But, yeah, I've been. Yeah, here yeah you, for you, most tra- of this show. you trade up for number three on the assumption that Mac Jones is going to, you know, where he's good value at 12 or maybe even a little bit of a reach and he climbs all the way up to number six, seven overall. Like Mac Jones will probably go in the top eight, right? Would you, would you say a team mm-hmm. trades up and Mac Jones is gone by seven, eight? Oh, uh, yeah. So, so if yep. the plan was to trade up for. Mac Jones, they were smart, like, you know, because he wouldn't have been there at 12. Mm-hmm. They would have been left at the altar. And he was the one, like, when you think about it, if you want to break down what Shanahan and Lynch actually said, though, like, this is kind of crazy when you think about it this way. Who was the quarterback? There was no quarterback. Lance could have fallen. Lance could have fallen. But mm-hmm. it was Lance and Mac Jones that were likely to fall to them. And so when they said we didn't want to be left at the altar, at that altar, at 12 overall, there was no shot mm-hmm. at Fields, I think. So it's interesting if they, they're... Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but the verbiage no for that, we didn't want to be left at the altar. Like, mm-hmm. maybe they weren't even considering Fields. You know, they might be now. His pro day was really good. Yeah. But, you know, I th- I think there's a lot of honesty to what they said is that they wanted to fairly evaluate it and dig into it, and they didn't have a set you know player in mind. I kind of feel like mm-hmm. that's how they're, they're going. But, yeah, Mac Jones... More likely be a Bronco. I agree, Jay. Problem. I've been predicting the Broncos trade up either to four or to like six, seven, eight, um, somewhere in that range. But very, very strong chance that, that that I agree with Jay. Problem. Mac Jones will be on the Denver Broncos. I thought the Denver Broncos or the Carolina Panthers, but now with Darnold, I don't. Darnold rules it out. Like if he naturally fell, they didn't have to trade up. I think the the Panthers would take Mac Jones, but I think the Broncos fear that. The Broncos know that. The Broncos are a total draft day trade team. Like I can I can envision that like no other. The Broncos on draft day on the clock or right before trading up, getting into that like five, six, rank four, maybe four overall. And and you see John Elway smiling. They take Mac Jones. I could see it now. I can picture it now. Because we've seen it with other quarterbacks. Locke, mm-hmm. we've seen it with a number of quarterbacks that they were they're excited about. And then it doesn't work out. Mac Jones feels like that one quarterback too that potentially couldn't work out again too right so it's like here goes john elway again but uh i think he could definitely be in denver i could see mac jones in denver and i think everyone's going to jump on the jerry judy train immediately and jerry judy's going to be a top 10 to 12 wide receiver if he gets a quarterback and mac jones could be okay i I don't i don't hate him like everybody else Mm mm-hmm what what do you hate about Mac Jones for the Niners? Like what? Because you're gonna have to get over it. If they draft him, you're gonna have to smile. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And and you know, not pretend you like him, but you're gonna have to get in line, mm-hmm. bro. Because you 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 know you will. What do you what do you hate about him? What do you like about him? I just well, the thing is because there there's gonna be clearly like because it looks like the Jets aren't going to trade the pick now, right? So, like, I think just clearly looking at who's going to be available at three, it's going to be Lancer Fields, and I just... They they have better, like, talent than Mac yeah. Jones. Um, All right. All 
I mean, I know I'm going to have to, yeah, get used to it. If, you're going to love him. Like, if he's on the roster, like, week one, you're like, Bad Jones, baby! <laughs> you guys are and be and if that DUI stuff is, like, you know, the true stuff, I think that also could play into a factor. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Shanahan's not... defi- like, decision. Niners don't mess around with the character issues, man. Exactly. That's why they didn't go after Watson. They said mm-hmm. Watson. They're like no. after the Reuben Foster trade up that they made their the start of the you know era. They but learned at, their lessons at I the guess. same time. They they stay away from those guys. Then why is Jerry Jimmy G the quarterback? He's hanging out with some shady people, right? <laughs> Did I just counterpoint your counterpoint? Yes. It feels good, baby. I mean, Jimmy G, maybe that's why they're moving on. I don't know. No, it did Kittle seems to want Jimmy G, but is that just Kittle being like, hey, that's my well, boy? That's that, well, no. And that's also like even DJ Jones. Like a lot. It, it, there's been like players like Raheem Mostert that's been asked about this. There's been few, a lot of players have been asked like about you're gonna back up the, your guy, uh, you know, but but it seems uh, like yeah. Kittle's passionate about backing him up. Though he's not just like, no, he's my dude. You know, mm-hmm. I'll do whatever they say. Like he's like a little bit angry about it, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I mean, Jimmy G doesn't deliver the football to him. I think, you know, in a way that like you can't replicate. You know, like I mm-hmm. I, I think I don't know Lance. I'm telling you, man. I feel like I'm going to be right, and Lance is going to be the pick, and you guys are going to be so thrilled about it in the end. Well, I'm I'm actually kind of growing on Lance, yeah, like imagine, to dude, being imagine. the pick. So. Three dimensional playbook, bro. You've got you can you can pass, you can run, and you can run. You can double run. You can double stamp the triple stamp, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, giggles. I All think right. uh, we'll we'll have you come back next time. I think. Okay. All right. Later, Giggles. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. That's the man we call Mr. Giggles because he can't stop. He can't help himself but giggle. And Giggles, if you change your background or your lighting, you're out. That's that's part of the package, bro. Uh, what do we got? 30 minutes left. Let's see if there's any other news. Antonio Brown, Tampa Bay Times reports. There is still no sign free agent Antonio Brown is close to resigning with the Bucks. Um, this is a tough, tough one because Antonio Brown has to be under Tom Brady's like watch. Like Tom Brady has to babysit Antonio Brown. He was like living with him or something um, in order for Antonio Brown to stay on track. It, it feels like the NFL just overlook the entire situation like I don't I don't know if this is me being fair or being real and nobody's talking about it but why is no one talking about Antonio Brown and this potential issues he had that I'm not saying they're CTE but they they certainly felt a little CTE like his behavior his erratic behavior the violence the the complete out of nowhere craziness and it got solved by Tom Brady babysitting the man and him going to a location there he didn't get the football as much as he normally would have liked but he was on a Super Bowl contending team with Tom Brady the goat they won a Super Bowl 
the dude's happy as can be. You go on AB's like Instagram live and he looks so happy and just li- like the dude looks like a different person. But how did he get there? Did anything really get solved or did it just get kind of glossed over temporarily? Because if he goes somewhere else and he's in a different environment, I don't think he will be. I think he'll sign for whatever. I think he's maybe posturing to get the best deal. But if AB did go somewhere else, man, it's fall apart time for Antonio Brown again. I don't see how he didn't fix anything. There was no sign of things getting like better. It just it got like paused. And I don't think we'd, we've seen the end of that and that version of Antonio Brown if he ends up going to a different team and he's unhappy. Doesn't that, like, why would you go to another team? He better not go to another team. If he does, he's going to fall apart. I, I don't I don't see any other way. Uh, voicemails, call in. Mike Evans could have a monster year if he doesn't resign. I, I agree with that. The, the wide receivers for the Bucks are really hard. Um to figure swept under the rug until the next fl- uh, flare up. That's the truth, man. And, and you know what? You want to know my opinion? I feel like the NFL should have looked deeper into Antonio Brown's mental state and, and tried to help him because nobody talked about this looks like signs of X, Y, or Z. This looks like signs of whatever this dude needs help. Everybody just kind of let him run wild and then he goes to the Bucks, and then everyone just pretends it never happened. Like Antonio Brown didn't lose his crap. Antonio Brown was an office rocker entirely. Everyone's just forgetting about it entirely. Like it doesn't exist. Like like the the like it won't come back. I, I it's crazy. Um, let me see if I can get anybody else in here from my quad box team. If anyone wants on the show last 30 minutes Arizona 12 and 5 uh 5 J problem I can get behind that bro the Cardinals the Cardinals need to draft let me put this on screen so we know what topic AZ to draft a running back. So the Cardinals could draft a running back in round one. Something I feel like a lot of people completely disagree with. And honestly, no one knows anything. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals, if they, they have a great defense, they have a phenomenal, phenomenal set of offensive skill players from Kyler Murray to Hopkins to uh, even Kirk is is really good. And I think they're going to have a much improved overall offense in general. But if they add a guy like uh, uh, ETN, Travis ETN, or Najee Harris, it makes Kyler Murray's development and ability to um, have defenses focus on other things than just shadowing Kyler Murray, who likes to run to the outside because the man can't see over the line. Let's be honest. Some some, some, uh, suspect decision making in the pocket he likes to roll to the outside he loves to to throw from the pocket outside the pocket and good thing is Hopkins likes to catch a football from somebody rolling outside the pocket that's why he loved Deshaun Watson's play style so much so it's a good match and the Cardinals are set up perfectly to have a really good year and have Kyler Murray take that next step but the 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 issue is whoops hold on 
me copy this link. The issue is going to be that if they don't have an established run game and Chase Edmonds is not the answer, Chase Edmonds is very much A.J. Dillon. Everyone was so excited about A.J. Dillon. I'm not comparing the two styles of play, but A.J. Dillon was set up to start and, boom, yanked out from under the man the rug goes, and A.J. Dillon is no longer the starter and no longer in fantasy relevance other than being one of the better backups in the league. Chase Edmonds right now is the starter. The rug's under him. It's going to get yanked, and whether it's Chuba Hubbard in the in the third round or second round or Carter in the second or third round or wherever these running backs fall outside of the top three running backs or whether the Cardinals get bold and say, we have a couple holes. What team doesn't have a hole? But guess what? Our holes are not that big. We can afford to plug the biggest hole of all, which is running back. Chase Edmonds efficient. He's a good third down back or a backup running back or a change of pace back. No question about it. And for four or five, six games, could he do really, really well? Sure. But he's not a full-time guy. He has trouble staying healthy. Chase Edmonds is not the answer. Najee Harris is a big enough playmaker and difference maker that if you inject him into the Cardinals offense, they become so much more dynamic. In a team like the 49ers who struggle against quarterbacks that roam around and run, how do the how do the Niners game plan against the Cardinals now when you have Kyler Murray who you gotta focus on and, and shadow, right? But now you got ETN or Najee Harris running up the middle. And I think the Cardinals would actually lean upon the run game a lot more than people think if they had a big name running back come in like Harris or ETN. But you put Najee Harris or ETN on the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals become an 11-win team, not a 9 or 10-win team. This is a much more dynamic offense. ETN or Najee Harris make Kyler Murray so much harder to worry about and contain him. And it makes Kyler Murray grow and progress because he's still got a lot of growing to do. There's a lot of sus, a lot of sus uh, stuff going on with his game, but a lot of good as well. He's very dyma- dynamic, very good runner, very good in fantasy. But there's a reason why there was talk in Arizona in the Valley about Cardinals fans wanting a potential Kyler and Deshaun Watson swap to bring Watson over. That was before the whole... Uh, news broke on Deshaun Watson, who's not going anywhere now, let alone playing 2021. Deshaun Watson may never play again. We'll see how that all shakes out. I addressed that at the top of the show, so watch from the beginning if you missed it. But there was a reason that Arizona Cardinal fans in droves, uh, radio shows all over the valley, um, uh, reputable newspaper outlets, online newspapers and media sources talking about Hey, a lot of people are talking about this. The, the Cardinals organization is not, but a lot of people are. That if the Cardinals swapped Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray, even if the Cardinals had to give up a first-round pick, it is a significant upgrade to the offense. Even though Kyler's got the skill set and talent that Watson has, he's not quite on the level Watson is, and it would be worth giving up a first-rounder. You have people in Arizona that love it. You have people in Arizona that hate it. Most people outside of Arizona absolutely hate it, and they tell you, why would the Cardinals give up a first-rounder for a quarterback that's the same? That's my argument. He's not the same. He has rapport with Hopkins. Hopkins would probably be fine with either quarterback. I think he loves Kyler Murray, but he also wouldn't mind catching footballs from Deshaun Watson in that Cardinals offense and system. 
and Deshaun Watson would probably, even moving teams, pick up things very quickly and likely take the Cardinals to a deeper playoff run um, and maybe more. Now, Kyler Murray is certainly capable of bringing the Cardinals into that position as well, and the Cardinals could be a deep playoff contending team in 2021. I believe firmly that if they take Najee Harris or Etienne, it will escalate that and put that in a better position. It'll put the Cardinals in a better position to win multiple playoff games and not to mention make the playoffs. If they don't draft a running back or at least address the running back later, like a Chuba Hubbard, who I think would be fantastic later in the draft for the Cardinals. If they do do that, they take a, a lesser, lesser, you know, touted guy like Hubbard, who I think is as good the Cardinals are going to be in prime position to dominate because they will then use their first-round pick on another position and got Chuba Hubbard later and have the running back uh, game figured out, at least protected. And if Chase Edmonds even gets a start over Chuba Hubbard, I believe Chuba Hubbard would take over in time. All it takes is a one little banged-up uh, owie, owie-poo for Chase Edmonds, and then Chuba Hubbard would be injected into the lineup and it and he would go crazy but I love Chuba Hubbard I love him on the Cardinals I love him on the Niners I love him on a bunch of different teams that, that might draft him and he will fall uh to a pretty decent spot because I really think a team that drafts Chuba Hubbard is going to probably have the insight on this guy's potential you never know though teams have drafted guys before and failed to use them and it sucks but you got to be hopeful that they know what they have. They have a little Alvin Kamara is what they have. Whatever team drafts Chuba Hubbard has an Alvin Kamara potential running back. He's my favorite running back in the draft class. Not my number one ranked running back, but my favorite running back. ETN is right there. ETN is my number one ranked running back. I have him over Najee Harris, but I do believe that teams are viewing Harris as the more bona fide third down role type guy. Whereas ETN is going to be thought that way and looked at that way by some teams and not by other teams so Travis Etienne will be kind of I think dependent on where he goes and will a team love him will a team think he is you know the best uh option and they might very well think think that whatever team gets Etienne so we shall see we shall see we have a good 15 minutes left I'm waiting for more phone calls to roll in. I'm waiting for IG messages. Uh, dollar bill, if you're watching, where is my message? You can leave it via IG. IG message works just fine. Um, let me go to my Instagram and uh, see if I've got any messages. Um, dollar bill, leave a, leave a message. I got a voicemail here. Oh, that was for, from Giggles. That was from Giggles. My my alleged uh, uh, nephew, I guess, is what we're calling him. Think Harris can be uh, a world beater. Mr. The Common, I think Najee Harris has a lot of potential. I like ETN better, but, bro, landing spot can make one better than the other like that. So don't think I'm naive to know that, that Harris can be the better option. Depends where he goes. Um, the pass catching Derek Henry, we all wanted. Yeah, I, I think he could have that potential. I don't know if I'll call him Derek Henry. He's a big guy, but Derek Henry's like, not, Derek Henry's a different breed. Like, I don't, I don't know why people compare the two. 
I feel like Derrick Henry's built different, you know. But I, I think he's more like Marshawn Lynch. I, I look at ETN like a Marshawn Lynch, which is, I think, a compliment. That was a 6-10 to 10 overall player in fantasy football for a long period of time. So I think that he has that potential in the right spot. You put him in Pittsburgh, they have, you know, they've got some offensive line issues, but I think he would do well there. In Miami, he would do do well. There's a couple places that he could fall. The Buffalo Bills could take him. The Arizona Cardinals would be the most ideal landing spot for Najee Harris, and I think they get the most out of his skill set. And Najee Harris in Arizona would be phenomenal, would be the number one overall rookie pick. And that's the difference in this, this running back draft class is that not only could the, the one or two running backs switch, so Etienne and Harris, but Chuba Hubbard could be the number one running back if for whatever reason he landed with like the Niners. Or you'd see Chuba Hubbard vault so high in some people's rankings. Um, Devonta Williams could land with the Buffalo Bills or land with the Pittsburgh Steelers and become that the 1.1 in all rookie-only fantasy football drafts. Uh, landing spot is so crucial for this running back class in 2021 it is different than other years where you have, you know, one running back likely to move up or down based on landing spot. This is the one where four or five of them, you could put them in a freaking blender um, or at least three or four of them. Like, so from Chuba Hubbard to ETN to obviously Najee Harris and Javonta Williams, that's four, four people, four players that, that literally could be the best running back based on landing spot. And there's others too, like Sermon, like Sermon, what if Sermon goes to the Niners? What if Sermon goes to the Cardinals? What if Sermon goes to the Steelers or the Miami Dolphins? What if Sermon falls in the second round to one of those teams and we're shocked that, that Miami doesn't go running back or something and they get him later? Or or the Niners get him later? Let's say Sermon falls really far. It happens to running backs all the time. What if Sermon fell to the third round and the Niners grabbed him? You guys would be ecstatic. You'd be so pumped. I know Mostert's the, the, the guy and he's got the potential, but... It's crazy. Yeah, Gainwell's another one. Um, Jefferson, there's a lot of running backs. Uh, Hill. Hill's a guy that could do really well. Carter. Carter. Carter could be a really good running back in the right spot. But I'm really hoping that the Dolphins draft a running back, the Steelers, the Buffalo Bills, one of these teams, and especially the Cardinals, in the first round. I would love to see two running backs go in the first round. I don't think we'll get three, but crazier things have happened and even though running backs typically don't go in the first round anymore, I believe this is a weird year, a special offensive skill position year where the right teams are falling to the right picks where it makes sense to maybe go running back. Whereas these teams might be too high normally that are running back needy to want to make that investment. But it just so happens the Buffalo, the Steelers, the Cardinals, the Dolphins are even you know mid-range but low enough to where it makes sense and they don't feel like, okay, we're wasting or reaching too high for a, a running back based on historical, you know, uh, his, his history of drafting running backs the last five, six, seven years. Running backs don't go in the first round anymore. They don't. But guess what? Nothing really matters. What happened last year doesn't really matter. What happened the year before doesn't really matter. It can help paint a picture. It can help us guesstimate. It can likely predict a lot of things, but it won't be a 100% uh, locked and loaded um, predictive thing when it comes to looking at like that kind of stuff and trying to translate it into the 2021 draft. Harris could go to the Dolphins. The Cardinals could take ETN or vice versa. And then you can see Javonta Williams go to the Buffalo Bills in the first round. It wouldn't shock me at all. Is it likely that three running backs go in the first round? Probably not. Is it impossible? Hell no. Anything could happen, man. 
anything could happen. Harris could go higher than anybody imagines or he could fall to the second round. We don't know. We don't know. Running backs didn't go until the only running back taken in the first round last year was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No one expected him to be the number one running back taken. And, and people thought the Kansas City Chiefs might look at him and the Kansas City Chiefs might look at a running back. But a lot of people were shocked that they went running back with the last pick in the first round. He was the only running back to go in the first round. Um, Jay Problem says, as a Dolphins fan, um, I would love it, but always pass on running back early, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, bro, this might be the year you don't because you got multiple picks, right? So there's a chance that this Dolphins team is in prime position at every at every at every category, every position. They're 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 looking solid. Like, is are there holes in some places? Sure, but not big gaping crazy holes that make the defense bad or the offensive line bad or the. You guys can afford to go two offensive skill positions in this draft. You can afford to go Devonta Smith in the early first round. You can afford to go Etienne or Najee Harris in the second round. Um, the Dolphins have, uh, what picks do you have? Um, you have, uh, let's see, NFL 2021. I don't memorize all the, the, the picks, sorry. NFL draft order. <sighs> Let me pop this sucker on screen. Let me take a screenshot of this and I'll throw it up. Son of a. Stop scrolling. Okay, here's the draft order. Let me drag this puppy up. Here's the 2021 NFL draft order. Okay. So Dolphins at six. Six and eighteen next year problem. So six, the Dolphins could take Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase. If if the Falcons go with Pitts, then Jamar Chase would be there. If the Bengals don't go Jamar Chase, that is, then Jamar Chase could go to the Dolphins, or they could take Devonta Smith. I think it's very, 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 very possible that they do. Then the Dolphins uh, have the uh, what'd you say the eighteen pick, the eighteen pick. Najee Harris would fall probably right there. More than likely, unless he goes to the Cardinals at 16. Um, I don't think Najee Harris... Najee Harris could go 13. It's not out of the out of the, the realm of possibility that the Chargers say, give me an Eckler and an uh, Najee Harris one-two punch because guess when Eckler was at his best? When he had Melvin Gordon dropping loads. That's when this man did well. And Herbert may be able to use Eckler as a wide receiver um, like he had been used in the past. And I think Herbert is capable of getting him the football. It's probably not likely, but I'm just telling you that these possible landing spots, the Chargers would be the first landing spot I could envision in a crazy world, which we live in, right? Do we not? Do we not live in a world of unexpected things now? Like, give me a break. In a world where things are crazy... I could see the Chargers saying, hey, if we took ETN, or I'm sorry, Najee Harris, we'd have thunder and lightning back on this roster. And, and man, tell me that wouldn't be dangerous for the for the opposing defenses. You throw Najee Harris on this roster, give Eckler the PPR work he deserves. No one's stopping that offense. Herbert, MVP. Um, but you know what? Teams don't always do that. Vikings aren't going running back, obviously. The Patriots aren't going running back. The Cardinals, again, are an option at number 16. 
Cardinals could go running back. They could go Najee Harris right there at 16. He's likely to be available. The Raiders, who knows? They could add a third running back. Why not? <laughs> no, they probably won't. Uh, Dolphins, yeah. Dolphins, I feel like the Dolphins very, 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 very capable of going freaking uh, Najee Harris or ETN right there at that pick, at that 18 pick. Redskins won't. Bears won't. Colts won't. Titans won't. Jets might. Jets could go ETN. What if the Jets went uh, Zach Wilson and, and Travis ETN? What if the Jets went Zach Wilson and uh, I don't think water will fall, but you never know. What if the, the, the Dolphins go Zach Wilson and Najee Harris if for any reason he fell all the way down to 23? I don't think Najee will, but if he did, talk about transformation of an offense. I think the Jets would be on their way. And when you have the ability to cultivate and, and coach up certain non-skilled positions a little bit better than these skilled positions, to me, it is these difference makers. And I know I'm so fantasy-oriented and I think offense all the time. But I'm thinking about it for certain teams, not everybody. I don't want ETN going everywhere. I don't want Najee Harris going everywhere. But if you give me Zach Wilson and Najee Harris together, you're talking about a transformation of the New York Jets in one to one and a half years. This is Buffalo Bills type material. Once you get other pieces in place, I like Salah coming over from the Niners. He knows what he's doing as a coach. They brought over LaFleur. They know what they're doing. They're instilling a lot of successful blueprints that were used over in San Francisco. They're doing it in uh, New York. And I think Salah will utilize Wilson a lot more than people might expect coming from a San Francisco run-heavy system. But they do want to run the ball. Salah is going to want to run the ball. Salah is going to like and see a lot of value and like the idea of drafting an ETN or especially a Najee Harris if he's there. Don't be shocked if the Dolphins or the Jets go quarterback, uh, I'm sorry, skill position, skill position. And it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me at all, Jay Problem, if the Dolphins ended up going quarterback at six. It wouldn't shock me. It was talked about early on in the offseason pretty heavily, and then it kind of faded back. Everyone's like, no, Tua's the guy. The Cardinals did it. The Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray one calendar year after they invested in, in Rosen, and they said, I don't care. I don't care. We see Kyler Murray's the future, and if, if Miami's sitting there and Lance is sitting there, wouldn't shock me at all if they went Trey Lance and they traded Tua or they, they said we're going to deal Tua after and you know maybe the maybe the Broncos would listen. Maybe there's a draft day trade where the Broncos or even the Carolina Panthers, who got Darnold, would still be entertaining offers for a quarterback. There's there's options. There's options. I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy at all to think that the Dolphins would consider it. Is it likely? Again, no. I'm giving you a lot of different scenarios, and I'm telling you where I think could things could go if things get crazy and unforeseen. I'm talking a lot of unforeseen stuff that's possible, but probably not likely. And that's the way NFL drafts unfold, is it not? Um, Cal, Cal, Colin Cowherd said Jets take ETN. I Again, I as I said, I very much see that as a possibility. Then we get to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. Let's say Travis ETN goes to the, the Jets at 23. Let's say that the Dolphins take Najee Harris or the Cardinals take Najee Harris. Who's to say the Pittsburgh Steelers don't take Javonta Williams? Who's to say the Pittsburgh Steelers don't say to themselves, look, we need a running back. 
Big Ben can't do it anymore. He can be efficient and kind of manage the game at best. Let's get him a running back. We need Javonta Williams. They bring in Javonta Williams. All of a sudden, boom, you've got three running backs taken in the first round when people usually don't expect one to go or just one to go. Possible. Not likely, but possible. These are all possibilities. Um, things outside the, the usual realm of possibility. Cleveland Browns aren't taking a running back. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens aren't. The Saints are not. The Packers are not. The Buffalo Bills could. The Buffalo Bills could take a running back. Bucks could take a running back. Probably not in the first round. They probably would get crafty and try and get a Chuba Hubbard. Try and get a Carter. Try and get um, a Sermon or something like that. Sermon on Tampa Bay would be pretty sick. I could see that happening later in the draft. Uh, we'll reflect back on this. I think some of this could end up happening. But the Buffalo Bills... You know, if, if it doesn't go running back, running back, you know, running back ahead of them, like where three guys have taken, I don't think four could go, but you never know. But I think if, if one of ETN, um, one of Javonta Williams and, uh, and Najee Harris fall to Buffalo and only two running backs have gone ahead, the Bills are a possibility for running back in the first round at number 30. They are a possible possibility, not likely. Um, we don't have a backup and would be solid, especially if Tua doesn't pan out. Yep. I agree, J-Problem. Um, Jets need a running back. Young. Yep. That's what I'm saying, Steve. I'm telling you, the moves to make for the Dolphins and the Jets are skill positions with both of the picks. And and then all of a sudden the Jets turn around. Avi says this draft is going to be stacked first and second round type hype. Bro. We've never seen a draft like this in a long time where the skill positions dominate. You know, it's been like defense, defense, offensive line, defense. And then like, where's a quarterback going to go? Where's a wide receiver going to go? What about a running back? No chance of a running back going. No tight end is going to go high. We literally have it going quarterback, 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 probably tight end, maybe wide receiver, but offensive tackle as well. Wide receiver, maybe quarterback. And then a couple other skill positions in here. Well, then we get to some defense and offensive line. But, bro, it's going to be like half offensive skill positions in the first round, which we've never seen before in a long, long time. Like, I'm excited about the NFL draft. That top 10 is going to be loaded with fantasy. You can bet I'll be live. Of course I'll be live. What do I look like? Um, Yeah, so hit the outro music. Any questions you have on the way out the door? It has been real. It's been a quick three hours. This goes by so fast. I hope you guys all enjoy the Fantasy Football Show live. Um, I hope you all think it's the legit up-and-coming show. Your drive time listen, your at-work listen, or watch from your pocket while your boss is walking by and you're like, what's Smitty doing? I hear him doing something crazy. i got to pull it out of my pocket and see. I want to be that for you. The goal is eventually Monday through Friday, but we're kicking it off. We're wetting the beak a little bit, a little, you know, slowly. I don't want to bite off too much and not be able to chew it all. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can find me right here on the Fantasy Football Show Live. If you ever get lost, just go to thefantasyfootballshow.com or smitty1.com. That's where you can find me. And right behind me, heysmitty.com, I've got a text service. You want me to text you? I have a monthly service. Do it for as long as you want. A monthly service. 
uh, where you and I can text whenever. So you have a fantasy question, have an NFL question, you need a Netflix recommend, I got you. Uh, go to heysmitty.com. Order, order away. Get my text service, and and uh, we can you can you and I can correspond. It's uh, it's often used for start bench advice, trade advice, whatever. But it is lit. It's replacing the email feature that I had, so it's um, all text. It's all rapid. It's all fast responding. That does it. That that does it for the show. I'll see you all Thursday. Hopefully, we have a lot of t- to talk about with the news. Appreciate every one of you. Tell everybody about the show. Tell your grandma. Tell your friends. Tell everybody about the show. Smitty1.com and the fantasy football show.com later.